episode 135 of G.I. Joburg. It's simply entitled The Best of 2018. 2018 was the best year! Am I not right, gents? <laughs> oh my goodness, 2018. Wow. Uh, the thrills, the spills, it was insane. What an insane, insane year. I don't wow. think we can... Necess- I, I, I think this episode is going to be crammed to the brim with us just raving about the year that was. So we do not have any ancillary topics. We are literally going to talk about 2018, the toys, the events, the toys, the events, the people, the toys, the events, the people. <laughs> the year that made us. <laughs> the year that made us is here. <laughs> My name is Steve, your host. And it fills me with boundless joy to be surrounded by my two fellow countrymen, the heart and soul of G.I. Joburg. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. Oh, wow. I, uh, I, I, wow, that was so great. That's like such a Venkman line. The heart and soul of G.I. Joburg. I am Paul. I'll be uh, Raymond Stance for this uh, evening. Uh, and I'm super excited about the announcement of Ghostbusters 3. But who else is joining us tonight? It's Robert. I'll be the uh, the Will Mario of the team, who he played. <laughs> Steven's already Venkman. You have to be Egon oh, or Spengler. I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, you have to be Egon or Zedemore. Oh, I think Egon. Rob's a better fit for Venkman anyway. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not mess around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Does that make me Remus? So well. Remus. Yeah. And that, that can make you Egon, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Sick. Alrighty. Just need to get, like, a brother on the team. <laughs> Where are yeah. Joe, Joe fans of color in this country? Damn it, man. They were just too good at sport. They wouldn't mess around with yeah. action figures. I sucked at sport, uh. so that's why I kept playing with toys. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. So, the first item on the agenda of uh, 2018 glory. I think uh, we always got to start off with the podcast and kind of spiral outwards. We recorded 29 sessions this year, and we featured some incredible guests. <laughs> incredible. Um, in, I think, um, chronological order, we had Joe and Joe's Joe Slepsky. Awesome oh, episode, yeah. that. We mm. then did our figure subscription service card art battle with uh, the legendary Chris McCloud, also a podcast <laughs> um, uh, publisher, uh, the, the, the Full Force podcast, no less. We I... spoke about awesome G.I. Joe Lego with Magnus Lauglo, who we actually had the pleasure of meeting uh, in D.C. very fortuitously. Dave Cabal finally made an appearance on the episode after being like super fan number one, basically, from from practically day <laughs> one. We also had our buddy Jim Godfrey back, uh, talking about Bitter Ender, talking about his custom um, submission, which he made for the legendary Pally toy designer Bob Breakin. And of course, we had Sean, aka Word Burglar, represent Halifax Massive in the house. That guy is super smooth, and it fills me with even more joy to note that Jim is currently working up a custom off the back of Word Burglar's episode because Word Burglar mentioned that he had the awesome um, head sculpt uh, for Globulus that was never used. And that Ooh. came out of, I think, the customs class that Bobby Valor was giving at, uh, at Jocon. 
So he had this head and no way of implementing it because, you know, by his own admission, you know, Word Burglar is a man of many talents, but action figure creation and customization is not necessarily one of them. <laughs> so Jim got hold of him. Word Burglar sent the head over and whoo, boy, I'm going to hype this because I'm not going to show off any pictures just yet. That is that is solely in the hands of Word Burglar and, and Jim Godfrey to show off this incredible custom. But I've seen some work in progress pics and, oh my goodness, is it possible for a man to surpass himself every single time? Like, I swear, every time Jim creates something, it's better than the last and this Globulus represents like a zenith, an epoch, a moment in time of customization that surpasses all others that came before. <laughs> yeah. Jim Godfrey, I salute you, brother. And remember, this is coming from the from a mouth of the man who has seen a, the bitter end of figures that uh, Jim Godfrey did for JoeCon 2018. And... Yeah, I mean, the man just tops himself every time. It is actually, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It brings a tear to my eye. I can't wait to Aww. see him carve up a uh, AH-6 Little Bird helicopter, the PTE version. I have three of them, just, you know, that I'm stumbling over in my place. Uh, so uh, it was a no-brainer to get rid of them, or get rid of at least one of them, um, into Jimmy's oh, custom, custom Alouette 3. Uh, you see, the that South African size, Defense Force size, back in the size. 70s and early 80s used this helicopter called an Alouette, French helicopter, which has a similar sort of glassed-in front end to the Little Bird. So Jim is going to customize this Little Bird, give it some troop capacity, give it the sort of the, the tricycle uh, wheeled landing gear, the signature landing gear of the Alouette, I hope, um, and create this awesome piece of South African Defense Force history. Give it its signature camo pattern. I get very excited at the prospect of that because action figure customization is one thing, but vehicle customization, it's something else. <laughs> and Steve got, gets to downsize his collection a little. <laughs> oh, by one helicopter. <laughs> Guys, so I've got a long way to go. <laughs> but on that note, I have managed to space out my display to the point where Everything's looking a little bit more respectable. I've got zero kind of uh, repaints within reach. All the sort of like redecos of vehicles, apart from Tiger Force, because Paul, you've 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 swayed me on that one. Apart from yes. yeah, so everything else is kind of like out of reach and out of my eyeline. It's just all original vintage GI Joe goodness, and it's 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 a it's a sight sight to see guys my yeah my toy room has has evolved for the better well the last time i saw your place um your flat when we ha when you had your wedding it was looking pretty cool so. can you believe i've now got the flag set up wow <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i mean it's it's gone from living in a cupboard almost constantly to now being the kind of the centerpiece as it should be because it is mm. essentially another shelf but like yeah yeah, it it does that kind of cramp things slightly. Sick, it's a it's a very long and awkward shelf, kind of at right angles to your bed, basically. Like, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden you've got this dog's leg in your room that you have to maneuver <laughs> around. Anyways, uh, so it. the podcast has done great things this year. Do you guys have any particular episode or high point that you'd like to single out? I really loved that episode uh, with uh, Word Burglar. That was a lot of fun. 
Uh, it's so, you know, last year was so full of, of awesome episodes that it's actually difficult to single out. But I think uh, I'm going to limit myself to our guest episodes. Uh, you know, I can echo the same sentiments as Steve, but I'm going to put a bit of emphasis on uh, an episode with Chris McLeod. Uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff that you may not have heard on that podcast. I mean, we were laughing. We were making the dumbest jokes. I mean, there were dad jokes in there. There were 12 year old jokes. We were, it, it was amazing. I, I, I sometimes think that if we had a Patreon, I would put that podcast on the Patreon because I think that thing was like four hours long or five hours mm-hmm. long in total. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, and Chris is just such a cool guy, such an enigmatic human being. It just, he's just alive. He's just so big. He's like bigger than he is. Like he's this big guy, but it's just, <laughs> he's just got such great charisma. Um, and that is definitely a word that I'm going to throw around tonight quite a bit because a lot of GI Joe fans have got a lot of charisma. I'm looking at you, Grey Childs. Um, and then, yeah, just to have Word Burglar with us, you know, it was so cool that that episode's a great episode. I think you guys can hear our excitement, uh, with our guest. You can hear us having fun with him and you can hear the banter. And, and, you know, the, the only thing that was sad about it is that we didn't have a lot of time. Uh, both are, well, mostly on his end. I mean, he, he has quite a busy life and he couldn't be online with us for too long. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we got to talk some Joe. We got to talk some being kids. Uh, we got to talk music, some of the industry, just things here and there. And, you know, this is a guy that pointed us out when he saw us at that, uh, at his like sort of freestyle event that happened for GI Joe Con. I mean, he, he spotted us. He saw us and that was crazy. I mean, you know, like, Surely he's more famous than us, and he's like pulled us out of the crowd. G.I. <laughs> Joburg, oh! you know, and he had this mad, mad uh, big boa, uh, super punch out big boa shirt, which I, I'm just, I, I'm super in love with. I really dig it. So, you know, that that that's a great moment, and and it was cool that we we got to have that in depth conversation with him. I say those are definitely my two favorite episodes uh, from last year, and um, the guest episodes. We just had a lot of fun with all of our really awesome guests. And you, Rob? Yeah, last year was amazing. I thought um, we definitely did a ton of episodes. Um, unfortunately, because of uh, uh, issues with myself. I wasn't there for some of these episodes. I missed out on, on some of our amazing guests. Um, but I hope we can have them on again and I can chat with them, especially Dave Cabal. And, uh, I wouldn't mind, uh, Word Burglar doing another scoop rap for me. So I think that would be <laughs> kind of awesome. <laughs> um, but probably one of my favorite episodes is, is an early one we did last year. Um, and probably because it's focused on a comic book and I love comic books. <laughs> So I really enjoyed us talking about um, Tom Shirley's Transformers vs. G.I. Joe. Um, that was a cool – geez, that was last year. <laughs> yes, that was last year, my man. That that was last year. And we, we just went really in-depth on that, and it was really cool that we could actually talk comics again because we, we don't often do that on, on the uh, on the podcast, at least not kind of like a wider net um, of, of comics talk. And I thought like – this is really awesome because it's something I had read previously and I was like, oh, cool. We, you know, we're actually talking good stuff here. Um, and it's cool to be able to mention Tom Shirley right now because he's actually currently um, releasing a GoBots comic series, also from oh, cool. uh, the same publisher. And um, so far, it's, it's it's pretty lit. It's pretty awesome. Um, I'm quite liking it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going to go, especially considering that I wasn't really – or actually, I mean, I, I know basically nothing about GoBots. <laughs> I 
unlike uh, Stephen, who I think knows like a ton of it, uh, he's he's mentioned a couple of times having rented the movie out <laughs> at the, the the blockbusters, the local video store, quite a bit. I don't um, but need I... my weapons when I have my wheels. What are the transform transformations? I think really funny, but I don't even get the reference. <laughs> no. Well, when your chief bad guy is called Psy Kill, <laughs> he's got kill in his name. I mean, come on, the Decepticons never touched that level of gratuitousness. I'm yeah, so glad that the like Psy Destroy. <laughs> you know, what would, uh, like it would have been so crazy in like uh, Decept. Just quickly, sorry, Rob, just to to right, um, digress a little. You know, Gobots was always like Black Lamborghini, Red sports car whatever that was like all of their names it was like always the color and then like the dude you know like uh, always thought, can you imagine like transforming green and purple bulldozer i think you should Porsche. stick to gi joe pal <laughs> but uh, oh, definitely reading these new comics now has kind of made me want to go back and kind of check out the uh, you know more to do with robots um uh so yeah so definitely check out gobots um so yeah i really enjoyed our tom shirley episode talking about the comics um and just the, all the episodes when we kind of just talked about how amazing america was <laughs> that was an awesome experience and um you did get also, to talk a bit of comics with joe slepsky as i recall you were you were out of your shell in that episode and not just because you recorded it live in my presence as opposed to you know separate from me uh, I was staring you down that whole time, and, and you were like, you were on fire that night, bro. Yeah. You dude, and Joe was, talking about the industry. Nice. Yeah, that was the next episode I was actually going to mention. Um, oh, that was also quite a quite a favorite, because once again, comic books. <laughs> mm. And then we kind of swing it, you know, directly into my into my wheelhouse. Like, oh, shit, here comes the ship into the wheelhouse. Um Whatever a wheelhouse is, I don't even know what the, the heck a wheelhouse is. Um <laughs> But but yeah, no, that that was also awesome. And then yeah, I mean, I think the whole year was was pretty good. Um, we, we, yeah, <laughs> I'm gushing. Stephen, well, this is the episode to do that on, bro. Like we are just expressing the love of what went down in 2018, and there's an abundance of that. Uh, in terms of the podcast episodes that are standouts for me, obviously guest episodes are always a thrill. And to that end, I have to say, you were all great and all so varied, but all representing, A, this hobby of ours in various facets, and B, important conduits back to this podcast and our our venture. I mean, you are all friends of G.I. Joburg and enthusiasts of G.I. Joe. And when those two things come together, like... We're all, yeah, man, uh, to, to, to use Mike Mercy's phrase, like, you're all part of the clan. Uh, we're a part of the clan. It's, it's a nice sense of community that is always uh, welcome. But in terms of an episode or guest that stands out, <laughs> once again, I gotta, I gotta follow on from what Paul said and say, good old Chris McLeod. But perhaps a different reason uh, to the ones you cited. While he is a natural, uh, host in his own rights. I mean, it does make our work very easy when you include another podcaster because they're used to kind of, I don't know, ruling the roost. And so you can just let them drive for a while and sit back and enjoy the, the shenanigans. But what made uh, the figure subscription service 
uh, series one to four card art battle extra special was Chris not only edited the audio, hmm. but created a slideshow complete with images, which he retouched and reshot in some places. Did you know that he took, in order to finish off the Tiger Force Outback artwork, he took a picture of an actual rock and photoshopped what? it into the image to kind of supplant where the, I suppose, where the bubble cutout would be. Like he had to finish the artwork by including an actual photoshopped real element. Um, so he went above and beyond the call of duty. And anytime I'm off the hook, Hey, you bet I'm, I'm smiling. I'm like, wow, there's a new podcast released and it's over two hours long and it's funny and it's got accompanying visuals and it's got a YouTube release that we are putting on our channel and I didn't have to do a stitch of work. <laughs> I mean, I love my job guys, but like, hey, anytime I get a free ride like that, I'm over the moon. So big ups, Chris. And it was a very enjoyable episode all the same, even though. It had me up at the crack of dawn in Australia, and I was missing the soccer World Cup final. But, uh-huh. you know, eh, whatever, important. man. I'm such a sports fan, my goodness. <laughs> Not. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to do some Inception shit, because we're going to have a podcast in a in podcast. In a podcast. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> If you thought we'd managed to shrug our North American influence and, uh, and ditch, ditch Cujo for this episode, well, guess again, because Cujo is presenting his newfound hobby, I guess, uh, his file cards, where he goes out into the world and interviews awesome people for our show. Enjoy. You know, this is G.I. Uh, G. Joburg, file cards on the move in the field. Let's see. Um, what we got here? Following right. interviews were recorded in the final days of 2018. Almost there. G.I. Joe file cards. G.I. Joeberg file cards. On the move. Dave Cabal, family man, man of faith. You know him from Conversation 130? 129. 129. Of course, how could I forget? Um... But this is file cards, and these are personal. So let's get to it. End of the year, 2018. How are you feeling about it? Um, I, it? Everything happened too fast. I feel like 2018 was just here, and it's 2019. Like, I still can't believe it. You feeling positive about it? A little ominous? Feeling a little bit positive. It just gives me some time to reflect and, like, really think, wow, time really moves fast. I gotta make the most of it. I heard you talking Flint, but let's talk some, uh, let's pay some homage to the uh, ocean since we're down in San Diego. Yes. Let's talk some G.I. Joe octaves. Cobra works too. Give me your best look from G.I. Joe. For G.I. Joe, I would say wetsuit. Wetsuit's up there. He gets rough. You know, his partner, Leatherneck, they always fight, but... I think wetsuit comes out on top. You're okay with the uh, short sleeves, huh? Yeah, the short sleeve, and if you see on the, on the cartoon, his afro. <laughs> All the better if he's the uh, Mission Brazil, am I right? Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, uh, I love those camos, by the way. What, what about Cobra? What, what, what's, what's working for you right now? 
Uh, throw eels out. 85 eels is out because he's too oh, good. He's too oh, good. Okay. Okay. Eel. Uh, cobra. You know, it could under. Could be uh, on a boat. Could yeah. be under the water. Undertow. Undertow. Mm. From. Uh, and I'm referencing Paul. Paul Lobster. Nicely done. Um, Undertow's look looks exactly like Deadshot from Suicide Squad. Oh man, you gotta. Someone's gotta take Undertow and use that character for but something. It's appropriate to bring him up uh, since it is Christmas time. We would have also accepted Lamprey because you know that silver looked good. Oh, that blue, the, the baby blue. Oh yeah, the life vest. G.I. Joburg OG, Dave Cabal. There was a time when touchscreens did not rule the world. And back then, people had toys in their hands. I'm with two experts in the toy game, and I don't cross paths with the two smartest minds in the world too often. If we're talking action figures, there's really only one name, am I right? I was hoping you'd say that. Let's go the oldest first. I'm talking at codename Ella Bean. This is what I'm looking for. A two-person team. Gotta get a job done. I'm going to you first. If you're talking G.I. Joe, who do you got? Well, I got CoverGirl. Go on. And she not she didn't want it just be a pretty face like just be a fashion model she did she wanted to do something different she didn't want people to just be like oh she's a pretty girl and that's it she wanted to go into a line of work that's um more i guess quote unquote manly and she became secret agent and stuff i don't think anybody can argue with cover girl there's only one person left that's codename katie bug <laughs> katie you know it's all about gi joe Who's the action figure in your hands? Uh, I got Snake Eyes. <laughs> if you're gonna go basic, you better get specific. What about Snake Eyes works for you? Well, because even though he's had a rough past, he he has really special abilities. He could he's sneaky, he's a ninja, he get into places very quietly. He, he's not really noticed and he has a pet wolf named Timber. Cover girl and snake eyes. Close us out. Merry Christmas! <laughs> We're in the final hours now, with one of the deepest G.I. Joe mines on the West Coast anyway. Eagle Scout? Yes. Oh, and if you need more context than that, he was the other dude that witnessed the House of the Zodiac. That's how far back this two-pack goes. I'm with codename Bad Mojo. You know, about this time, they talk about three wise men who looked up, saw some signs, got where they had to be. But we talked Joe. Oh, give me a smart team of Joes. It doesn't have to be. It can be Cobras. Give me a squad that can read the signs and deliver the goods. What do you got? Well, so it is around Christmas right now, and uh, we were talking about the wise men. Figure if they are going to try and uh, reach Herod's domain. Nicely done. Um, they would have to be pretty special Joes to make it in there. I think I'd probably start with uh, Wild Bill. Unless you're following Dusty across the desert, that's not, you know, what most Joes really don't care to do. You need somebody who can get you in there slick. So, Wild Bill would be my first choice on that one. You can't go wrong with that mustache. Please continue. <laughs> um, my second choice would be Chuckle. Because <clears throat> if you are behind enemy lines, you're going to need somebody who can 
squirrel yourself through all the different alleyways and ins and outs of a, you know, a fortified nation. Of course, you know, in that, that super um, Hawaiian shirt, you know, he'll, he'll blend in anywhere. Sure. You know, especially the following location has been classified by Cobra Command. <laughs> That's not making the cut. <laughs> So I would definitely pick Chuckles, and then my last, just to add some actual wisdom to the crowd, okay. I would probably pick the Blind Master and throw some Arashikage in there. Alright. Did they make a figure of him? They late did. The late in the game, they finally threw one out. I'm going to ask a stupid question. Do you have that figure? That is a stupid question. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> Bad mojo. I like that three-man squad. I know another pretty good squad that has your back in 2019. G.I. Jobert. And that was pretty interesting. Nice soundscape, Gooch. Uh, the credits are no doubt in the episode description. But some very varied voices. Uh, one of them familiar to you listeners, it's, it's good old Dave Cabal, San Diego represent. Talking about uh, Wetsuit, actually. And I've got an interesting story about Wetsuit. Just today, I did something that I've never done before. I took clean screws out of an action figure and replaced them with rusted screws. <laughs> you what now? My wetsuit has had prohibitively unblemished shiny screws. And they have always stopped me from using wetsuit in the pool. Why do you think in graduation day, wetsuit deals the coup de grace on the core uh, sort of speedboat? He blows up um, Fox. He blows his boat out of the water with some underwater demolitions, but we don't ever see wetsuit attach them. Okay, of course, in terms of narrative structure, it's much cooler to um, cut away and not show the surprise ending. So I was quite happy with not showing wetsuit sort of enter the water and dive under and attach explosives. Yeah, that would be a waste of time. Yeah, you know? it comes like, as a, just a surprise. Shot, you know? But the real practical reason real was <laughs> I didn't want to rust his screws. And I'm like, this is bullshit, man. I, how can I have an underwater figure with screws that are stopping me from putting them underwater? So I took rusted screws out of, out of barbecue because barbecue saw lots of aquatic action on Atlantis Factor, and he <laughs> fireman jump, <laughs> fireman jump. Anyways, I, that's a t-shirt I, soon. I'm just saying. I swapped out <laughs> the screws. I was like, clean screws belong on a fireman figure who has silver accents anyway. I don't mm. mind having brown screws on Alpine because he's got brown pants, right? But yeah, finally, my wetsuit is aqua ready. And boy, oh boy, I had some great times diving him under, under the waves in the pool this afternoon. So you're onto something, Dave Cabal, my man. But I must say, a scuba outfit that has exposed arms, uh, you're only going to want to use that in the tropics. Um, wetsuit's definitely not a cold weather diver in this outfit. Nah, wetsuit's strong. He mm. can handle the cold. Uh, what do you guys think of those, uh, the, it sounded like very young girls that, uh, Cujo managed to be in the company of. Yeah, like, are those Cabal's <laughs> kids, or are those, like, Cabal's family members, or are they family members of Cujo's? Yeah, I think uh, they're just I, young I, girls I that, that Curtis has, like, lounging around. And they're right, he just Cujo. ran into them randomly. No, I, like, I, I think who's it's Who's your favorite Joe? I think it's Cujo's Snake Eyes. 
and CoverGirl. No, I, I think it was kind of cute. They had cool reasons, you know, for like why they why they enjoyed them and CoverGirl because you know she's not just a pretty face. You know, she tries to do something different. Um, and Snake Eyes because you know he's got a wolf. He's got a cool wolf, and he has a rough past. Um, no, I think those are like <laughs> like family members of Cujo. Maybe they, you know, he went to his family for Christmas, and you know, cousins or something. I don't know. We're gonna have to ask him next time he's on. Anytime a woman finds enthusiasm for GI Joe, it's great. Anytime a very young woman finds enthusiasm for GI Joe, it's a miracle. I don't know how they're getting enthusiastic about this. Is it older brothers? Is it fathers, uncles? Well. However it happens, it's something to be uh, to be cherished, I guess. Yeah, I'm always happy when younger people get into Jojo. It means that we, you know, it's gonna just keep going, and uh, we'll have more stuff to do for the next couple of decades. <laughs> <laughs> totally, and especially if uh, these promises of a Snake Eyes movie uh, actually come to fruition, and lo and behold, it's somehow a good movie, uh, that would be awesome, and. That would definitely help fuel, you know, more of these podcasts for sure, and it would definitely give us a, a new, a fresh audience. Not saying that our current audience that there's anything wrong. We love you guys. You guys are always new and fresh. Um, it's just a just on the Instagram channel alone or on Instagram account. Uh, we're always getting new fans, uh, and and it's always cool to see people's enthusiasm. Uh, which brings me to uh, one mention that uh, we got today, actually. Uh, G.I. Joe Fan 312. Uh, this is somebody that I've followed, uh, that the G.I. Joe book channel and myself, I've personally followed for a long time now. And me the guy too. does... Oh, and, and, and I believe Rob does as well. And he does incredible customs. Like, his stuff is just out of this world. He does these cool, like, uh, Thunder Machine buggies. But then he also did this, like, full-on Road Warriors-style Thunder Machine custom that if I had another Thunder Machine, I would totally do that. Uh, it's just, it's just sex. It's just amazing to see that. And then when you actually, uh, you know, really get into some of his posts and you, and you see where his stuff is coming from, you know, this is a guy that's worked on, um, well, I believe he still works for West Coast Customs, the famous West Coast Customs based, well, the West, famous West Coast Customs that the TV show is based on or shot uh, in location on. Um, so he's one of the dudes there. So he oh, does a lot of pimp like, my ride. It's like that, but it's Pimp yeah, it's, it's 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 like the spin-off of Pimp My Ride. I I enjoy that show. It's I like cars, so I I enjoy the show and I like and I enjoy seeing what some of these guys do and uh, it's a it's a cool little like reality show. But he's like an auto styling guy, so he's obviously involved in there. He's done some work for Sideshow Collectibles. Uh, I believe he has some of the prototype Sideshow stuff that he worked on, you know, for the GI Joe side of things. So this guy's like quite jacked in with stuff, and he sent us some love. Uh, in the form of taking a screenshot of Stephen hugging his flag from our famous uh, explicit opinions uh, flag video. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I just had to send him some love. Uh, very cool guy. Check him out, guys. If you're on Instagram and you're G.I. Joe fan, please go and check out G.I. Joe fan 312. And also go and buy some of his merch. He makes 1 to 18 scale arcade cabinets. And he does crazy stuff. He makes, like, Polybius the cabinet. He's got an It cabinet. And he actually goes quite far to like make the video game look quite legit that's on the that's being displayed. Or if it's a game that really exists, he's like he's made it look legit and it's just great. And he's always got dreadnoughts and stuff. Anyway, that's enough uh, gushing of his uh, GI Joe fan three one two. But just want to let you know he exists and we appreciate the love. Thanks, man. The YouTube channel has seen uh, a lot of 
activity, shall I say, over 2018. A lot of it was centered around Jocon, but it was also the year where our webisode direction became apparent. You know, I've often struggled to figure out what G.I. Joeberg's angle is when it comes to YouTube. We certainly aren't ever going to have the level of completeness of a collection, for instance, and the desire to, to review absolutely every item that guys like FormBX257 and Hooded Cobra Commander have. Uh, that is their mission statement. We'd be foolish to try and, and just retread what it is they are doing so very comprehensively. Yeah, it'll be so, redundant for us. So, yeah, yeah. so carving our own niche became essential. And because a lot of our reviews to date have had uh, playtest elements, I suppose the logical direction was creating adventures. Um, I know Paul toyed with the idea at first, and I was like, mm, really? No one's going to want to see that. <laughs> That's a bit sad, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, the idea marinated with me for a long time, and I guess... It became our thing in the in the videos because people warmed to it. Uh, it was the Condor video that Paul released a uh, a Condor battle on its own, separate to the review. Because I think I was taking a while to get get everything I needed for the review proper. So in the lead up to that, we just had the action sequence from the review released separately, and it got a a groundswell of support. So it seemed like that was a logical direction, and lo and behold. Starting in January of 2018, we put together a five-parter, now, now and forever known as Atlantis Factor, which was a very arbitrary title at, at the time, uh, I'll be the first to admit. I guess I just wanted to show love for a, an aspect of G.I. Joe that I guess is, is often forgotten, that there was a video game, it was called the Atlantis Factor, and it was G.I. Joe. Um, so what a cool title. It really has nothing to do with the content, apart from the fact that it was filmed <laughs> in and around the Atlantic Ocean, which, you know, take it or leave it. I don't know if that really, really is a strong enough connection. Um, but it became our thing and the response we got was overwhelming. Like it's kind of what people know us for now. And it mm. is with great joy that I announce as of the recording of this podcast, uh, in just over an hour and a half, we will be continuing the adventure with Blazing Sand. Another five-part miniseries um, just featuring us playing with toys in cool settings with some awesome voice talent, myself included, <laughs> of course. Um, and and some, some lovely you ladies. You think G.I. Joe is going to save you. <laughs> yeah, so that is very exciting. If you haven't checked it and you're listening to this podcast, do check out the YouTube channel. It'll be live. It'll be published. See uh, see what we're up to. It's it's a point of departure. It is um, about nine minutes long. It's got some cool action sequences. It's set in a rather interesting part of Cape Town, which ironically is called Atlantis. <laughs> That's its real name. Cool. Um, and uh, the stage is set for what I think is quite an exciting webisode. It's something that I've had to sit on for some time. Ever since getting back from JoeCon and then going to Australia and then getting back from that, uh, I, I've been sitting on this stuff. I started shooting it in August um, and haven't been able to complete it. Everything ground to a halt because my laptop melted. 
after attempting to export, I think, uh, well, uh, Graduation Day is the video that killed it. But uh, I attempted to to put together the Jocon sort of road to Jocon videos, and it just it would not respond. All I saw was the beach ball, so it was time to scrap that. And yeah, guys, uh, I bought the most expensive but most crucial GI Joe toy ever. More expensive than a flag, more expensive than a Defiant. My new laptop is the Royal Highness of of Highness. It is incredible. But in the words of my <laughs> wife, this expense was absolutely justified and necessary because why? It is an investment in my sanity. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Thank you. Yeah, I was able to edit part one of 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 Blazing Sand, uh, basically backstage between scenes. It went that quickly. Literally on the old laptop, I mean, you'd be pulling your hair out, guys. It, like. I'd make one edit, I'd go back on it to try and look at what the edit looked like, what the rhythm of the shots felt like, and it would beach ball for 30 seconds to a minute. I'd go off, make myself a cup of tea, come back and see what the edit was like. Literally that bad. And Yeah, dude, this was a long time coming. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm amazed you actually held out as long as you did. Because the one or two times I used your computer, it... Wow. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it was a necessary evil. I had to wait for all the wedding expenses to be met before I could drop dollar yeah. on a decent no, laptop. And boy, oh boy, is this decent. 16 megs of, of RAM. Six, what? It's a gaming laptop. It's Nothing. sick as hell. Uh, it's, it's, it's overpowered for what I need it for, for now, which is a, a no, great thing. Still, because... You know, it's rather get it overpowered right now and have it last longer. You, you've made an investment in, you know, a long-time investment, I think. Hmm. Aside from the webisodes, uh, 2018 was the year we discovered the fun of live streaming. Yes. <laughs> Finally, African Bandwidth is at a stage where we can come to you guys live. And while quality has varied, sometimes piss poor, sometimes approaching uh, a standard that I'm happier with, the fact that <laughs> we can respond to you in real time is mm. very exciting because... We very gratefully accept donations to the channel, and what better way to unveil them uh, than to have it happen live before your eyes? Hopefully, the contributors were able to to catch the live streams, uh, even if they couldn't, they could watch it after the fact. Just to to note the fact that we are deeply grateful, and this stuff really rocks our world. The level of excitement that we have, that I'm sure you out there listening also have, when you get something new. I mean, it's just the best feeling in the world man so mm. uh, to be able to do that live is uh, it's a great new avenue and something that i think will become a recurring theme of gi joburg anytime we have an event worthy of bringing people in on you know during the, the actual event itself that's 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 yeah it's gonna happen with increasing uh frequency i'd say i don't think we're gonna do a once a week I don't know. I'd, I'd like to keep the live stream thing kind of sacred. There has to be an event worthy of it, like a poll that we're unveiling. Like graduation day was unveiled. Um, at least the, the sort of the, the four categories was unveiled in the live stream. And that was kind of fun. And Paul doing his artwork alongside. That's always going to be a, a thrill, uh, to see that take shape. And mm -hmm. once again, of course, receiving packages from abroad. Yeah, man. 
that's that's always gonna gonna get me on the live. And and this is something that I'm enormously pleased with the way it turned out. Uh, we had expert video game playthroughs, courtesy of Range Viper Rob. <laughs> While there cool are too. long plays of G.I. Joe and G.I. Joe 2 The Atlantis Factor on YouTube, I don't think there are any G.I. Joe channels that have done them. So mm. we kind of have a, a really auspicious place as Joe, like diehard Joe fans who know, you know, we know what that sprite is meant to represent. That's a rock viper. That's a night viper. That guy that just rushed across the screen and never seen again, that was an alley viper or target you know we add a different lens to that stuff so once again if you like our content if you like the podcast and uh, you'd like to hear us talking about gi joe and pixels well there's your vid baby there's and your fix <laughs> rob is a wonderful guest and in those in his own rights and a very proficient player of that game i think mm. purely because of how i saw him do it i was able to clock the game the night after watching his playthrough, I was like, hmm, I can do this. I can totally do this. It gave me the confidence and it, it showed me a few like secrets that really do give the edge. Yeah. He like totally Nintendo powered that thing, uh, mm-hmm. which was great. You know, um, that, that is a term here that means, and I'm totally lemony snickering it now, but that is a term here, which means to play the game as if it was an instructional video made for you, the buyer of Nintendo Power. Anyway. <laughs> so we talked the podcast. We talked YouTube. Let's talk about GoFundMe and JoeCon. Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe in the abstract or maybe the specifics that you guys want to talk about. But Rob, get us, get us off the, the starting blocks. I mean, 2018 <laughs> will be forever remembered as the year that Three friends dreamed an impossible dream, and it was willed into reality because of you guys. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Like every time I think back, like I think we, you know, we we, we kind of came up with the idea in in, in twenty seventeen, um, and we're like, oh, okay, can we do this? Are people actually, you know? Are there enough, you know, kind people out there who you want to kind of see us? Um, so we kind of unveiled it um, in January, if I remember correctly, last year. Like, hey, you know, we, we we're trying to get to America to the final JoeCon. Um, if anyone wants to, you know, kind of like help us out, that'd be awesome. Um, we've got some cool stuff for you, um, cool T-shirts and uh, and prints and uh, you know special things that Paul and Pujo could draw for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had never yeah. ever tried to raise money before. Um, and kind of looking at other people's, you know, uh, the way that they did it. Um, and that was also very much a learning experience, kind of like, uh, you know, balancing, um, what we can give to people and, and kind of like what we need to be able to get to the States. Mm. Um, and the response was absolutely fantastic. Um, so many people, just just gave of themselves like like it was really heartwarming i think um yeah i mean the, the amount of money isn't important but like it was it was a lot of money and i was just like wow wow we're we're we were going like the, yeah. the, um and the just everyone who donated it and as i think we said often and repeatedly any amount of money money is awesome and gets us that much closer and it did it got us all the way there 
we we had an amazing time um now now i'm just glossing but um but yeah um i think the experience of doing a, a, a go find me was it was definitely a learning experience um and you know pe- people like us enough to actually want to you know kind of see us and yeah. and meeting them i think probably even more so than just being able to leave the country because for me and paul it was our first time ever going yeah. outside of our country um and it was gi joe it was gi joe <laughs> that got you there like and it was does joe that, that not fucking trip you out it's not like you were going for some work commitment or like I don't know, a, a yeah. funeral or something or a wedding, you know, that can, that can yeah. be reason enough to get someone out of the country. But it was a beloved toy. Yeah. That, it was, uh, that's how that trips me out. We've enjoyed our whole life. Yeah. While I have had obviously the experience of, of leaving the country and, you know, doing it for a, a host of different reasons, some pleasant, some less than, um, this one was one of a kind because I was going, Going on a trip overseas with my friends. And that's <laughs> something that, like, maybe other pals do often. For us, it was a pretty rare and special occasion. And that's, that is a pure indulgence. You know, there is no justification for that. That is literally, like, a pleasure trip to be going with your mates on an adventure. And an adventure about our shared mutual love for this stuff. Like, there are no better circumstances under which to travel and take it from me because I've done a fair bit. Ironically, I was watching a few bits and bobs on YouTube last night and autoplay was on. Once all the stuff that I'd watched, the, the sort of the queued videos uh, had, had, had played, uh, the very next autoplay video that came up was our interview with HC, or HCC's interview with us post Jocon. Just cool. in the sort of random hotel corridor that linked the convention center <laughs> to the hotel. And he put it very well. I mean, Brian is quite a wordsmith. Uh, you know, even when he's not waxing lyrical about plastic action figures, uh, he's a very well-spoken and conscientious man and, uh, has a deep caring as well. Um, and he put it very nicely by saying that us getting to Jocon was a victory for everyone that supports us. Everyone that listens to us, everyone that takes part, everyone that comments or guests on the show or threw us a couple of dollars on the GoFundMe, like they had a vested interest in seeing this come to fruition. And us getting to Jocon wasn't just a victory for three South Africans and our West Coast correspondent. It was a victory for everybody who is a fan of G.I. Joburg. Everybody who's ostensibly, essentially, a friend of ours. Mm. Mm. So we won. In 2018, G.I. Joburg won. So I thank you all and, like, go Team Joburg. You're all part of it, by the way. And that's the royal you. Like, everybody out there. Awesome. Fist bumps all round. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Well, the thing is, um, and, and by that very same token, uh, I mean, we met, uh, as Robin Stevens said, like, we've met these, like, really incredible Joe fans, which were just so, like, excited to see us. Um, and, and, I mean, I'm not used to, pe- to people being that excited to see me. So that was great. <laughs> <Come> <laughs> and, and to be fair, you're Paul and to be fair, 
I know, right? But like Deadly to be pencils. Fair, <laughs> to be fair, I don't think uh, they were as excited to see me as they were t- uh, to see us all. That that was actually the important thing there. But that was cool. That was like that was really cool. Like it actually just felt like what we have done had mattered. Like like if making the Joe uh, if making the Joe fund me wasn't enough, uh, that just definitely sealed the deal. I mean everything from guys calling out to us from across the convention floor or across the street or noticing us in that little shuttle bus or uh, joining a <laughs> bunch of... Kurt Zigian was giving us the hairy eyeball that whole bus ride. We hadn't <laughs> done any introductions. We were just two guys boarding a bus and speaking with funny accents. And he was like, eh, who the hell are these guys? Like, It's <laughs> <laughs> very, very amusing to me. That moment and, uh, of like recognition that like we're all here for the same thing, but those guys have really weird accents. It's like I don't know you guys, but should I know you guys? That kind Aww. of like. Mm, 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 mm. And kids as well. I think that still blows my mind the most is that kids yeah, recognize kids. they listen to you know to uh, well watch <laughs> our, our videos. <laughs> well, shout out to the Peak family. Uh, they they sent a picture on Facebook of like the boys eagerly awaiting. Uh, the premiere of Blazing Aww. Sand. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Cool. I want to kick uh, my my sort of reminiscence of Jokon off with a negative. It's the first oh. time I've mentioned it um, online or at all. My parents didn't even know this happened. So <laughs> the plan, our sort of movement order, was Rob and I would fly into Joburg early in the morning. <laughs> and in order to uh, save us an enormous Uber cost to Paul's place and then back to the airport, uh, because it is quite exorbitant, Paul doesn't live mm. like close to the tarmac, <laughs> fortunately. I don't know how we'd ever get podcasts done. Oh, wait, that's Cujo. <laughs> um, so I decided to hire a very economical car. Cheapest chips, like, cost less than, I don't know, $30 for the day. It was a really good idea. Yeah, great idea. Brilliant idea. I mean, Paul's literally a straight shot down the highway. Mm. South Africa's quite big, guys, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, carry on. <laughs> so I, I checked this car out, like, cool. I, I waived taking exceptionally, you know, exorbitant insurance because I was like, ah, this is a money saver anyway, and... Mm. You know, I'm literally driving down the road Quick sticks, it's gonna 25 be so minutes easy. and then 25 minutes back. We're not going to be tooling around town all day. We're not going to prang this car. No fender benders, no likelihood of that. It's just, just the highway, right? Mm. There was a stationary vehicle on the highway. No time to swerve yeah. out of the way. I managed to come to a screeching halt behind it. The guy behind me, however, did no. not. That, and while he, while he avoided sandwiching us between the stationary vehicle... And his car. He managed to swipe the side of this rental to the point where the rental company, of course, wrote it off. You know, they'll get mm. a handsome insurance payout. And guess who has to cover the excess? Moi. This guy. So, Not me. So him. <laughs> up, up front <laughs> on the fucking trip, my credit card was annihilated. To the mm. point where I had to ask my agent for a an advance on my next paycheck just so mm. that we could then hire the car on the other side when we got to the States. <laughs> Cause obviously you need to have 
a certain amount of funds free in your on your credit card, you know, to to take their vehicle. Yeah. So I was, I had zero. I was nothing. I was beyond zero. I was maxed. I was dead. Uh, we went to Kokomo Toys and I looked at things. <laughs> um, you know, I, yeah, well, I was you, there too. You, I mean, you reasoned, you, know, so. you, you had your own, I mean, you, you kind of rationalized that you were like, okay, there's cool stuff here, but, um, Jocon will have even better I will better get better stuff. deals. Yeah, no, I, 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 I the, the wisdom of that was not lost on me. I wasn't going to blow my ward on Kokomo anyway, but, you know, I, I was considering a mauler there. I did not get a mauler there. But definitely that, that prank, that was, that was, wow, that was an experience. Um, like it, it put like a huge downer on like that entire day. Um, at least for most of the day and, until we eventually got to the airport or all three of us were at the airport safely. And, you know, and we're like, okay, cool. Let's just try and not worry about all the problems that we could possibly have when we get to the States. With sage like wisdom, Paul said, if this is the worst thing that happens to us on this sort of extremely experimental jaunt into the unknown, then I'd say we've done, done pretty well. And it, it, that was the worst thing. I think everything else essentially went so smoothly. Like yeah. the, the rest of the, the trip was amazing. But like for a while there, it was wow. Hmm. Like was not we were just trying to like come up with ideas. Like because, I mean, we all, yeah, you guys know, I, I don't earn the most money. Um, I had essentially had just enough to, you know, to be in the States and cover stuff. Paul, Rob, as well, Rob, at, at the Rob time. was the stopgap. Mm. Rob was like getting our gas money. Like we were yeah. filling up the car and it was, it was Rob shelling out the, the, the cash. So yeah, yeah no, we, we, we pulled together and pulled through. Fortunately. Yeah, somehow, yeah, we, we did manage it. And, um, and basically just until Chattanooga, we were running on fumes essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know. Cujo, who is the, the, the courier of our GoFundMe cash. Because yes. we didn't want to withdraw it on our end. It didn't make much sense. I covered costs as best I could, you know, mm. sort of the flights and stuff uh, as a stopgap, uh, awaiting that that beautiful cash injection from Curtis. Well, that payback. He was yeah. delayed for a day and a half, so <laughs> we were yeah. walking on eggshells. An incredible, yeah, like, holy shit, okay, are we actually going to be able to eat food tonight? <laughs> <laughs> but we did. Uh, the land of milk and Moon honey, pie. like... Yeah, the the more unhealthier, the more inexpensive. But yeah. the, the the biggest low point of the trip gave way, for me at least, to the biggest high. Okay, mm-hmm. K- Kokomo was one thing. It was tantalizing. It was eye candy. I wasn't going to dip my toes into that pond. But that evening, we motored down to our friend Greg's place. Mm-hmm. And... Greg and Natalie and their kids laid on some excellent hospitality, barbecue in the American style. And then after the food was done, we went into Greg's shed. <laughs> uh, like th- this is the size of like a, a rather <laughs> large double garage. <laughs> and this shit. shed was wall to wall, floor, I wouldn't say floor to ceiling, but like floor and shelving space and table space. Of G.I. Joe vehicles, G.I. Joe figures, carcasses, action figures, pieces. Like, just, this is his, like, sorting room. Mm. And Greg said the thing, the words, the words uttered out of Greg's mouth were, I think, like, any G.I. Joe toy fan's wet dream words. <laughs> Seeing a site like that for the first time, just like an abundance of toys, and him saying, 
Anything you can touch, you can have. Anything you can conceivably <laughs> fit into the trunk of your rental car, you can take with you. Paul, I've already got an MCC set aside for you. Steve, yeah, I know that you're into the, the G.I. Joe Raider. I mean, if this you want yours. it, it's yours. Rob, Rob, you have to take this equalizer. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no questions hands. asked. He and I was insisted. Like, he insisted. I was like, dude, I can't. And he was like, nope, this is for and you. You will this take it. <laughs> I know uh-huh. how much this means to you. And yeah, you guys, you, you, you took him at his word. <laughs> we did fit as much as we could into the Bula car. For the rest and of the we, trip, we had a gigantic back, box. We had a gigantic box that we kind of lugged from all the way from Indiana, all the way to New York. We had this big box. And there we are sitting in, you know, in, in New York. Just had, we, we got onto a bus from Washington to New York. And we had this giant freaking box. Yeah. And then after that, we get off the bus. Obviously, now it's been in the normal, you know, the luggage department section. But then we get onto a public bus and take the bus from New York all the way to New Jersey with this giant box, as well as obviously our own luggage. And like, it's like the whole time I'm like, my probably my lowest point of the trip was thinking, how the hell are we going to get this stuff to back to Africa, guys? You've gone too far. <laughs> I mean, I was so grateful, but I was like, how, how, how is this going to happen? And what did I say? Yeah, I was like, even a don't worry. Yeah. I'm happen. like, don't worry, Steve has gotten a Millennium Falcon back before. It'll be okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, one Millennium Falcon, okay, and a couple of Masterpiece Transformers. That was that was probably the biggest mother load that I took. Uh, mm. Paul, I mean, you had an MCC, a tactical battle platform. I had a Raider, a Conquest, a Moccasin. Um, we had a box filled with the G.I. Joe 92 HQ, the Battle yeah, that's Wagon. Yeah, the thing, though, as well. The this Earthquakes, the Mauler. On top of another box. The Tiger Rat. Like, we, were, <laughs> we, knew, we, we always knew we were going to get a box in New York, you know. So this was like another box on top of everything. So I was Rob like, and wow. I, Rob and I, between us, had one one suitcase. We packed yeah. all our things, uh, you know, together. Uh, yeah, we to all sort of shared Joe space. <laughs> I mean, we knew that we were coming into a summertime in the United States, so we would mm. basically just rotate the same pair of shorts and a couple of yeah. assorted t-shirts. We really didn't need a lot of class. But uh, I, I, I put my main prize on my lap. Like, that shit was not going in any cases. I had <gasps> the mauler on my lap. When we were road tripping, I had a mauler on my lap when we were taking a cab to the airport. I had a mauler on my lap for the entire flight back to Johannesburg. And then I left my mauler at Paul's place. Come on. Come on, Stephen, you (laughs) idiot. There were some of those, like, these, like, highlights. They're they're like highlights because they're, like, funny now when we look back at them. I mean, one of them has to do with the mauler. I mean, Stephen gave you the stink eye if you, like, picked up that bag. It's like if you didn't do it the right way, he just gave you that look, and he just intervened. It was like, you know, like when when you're dealing with somebody else's kid, like like maybe it's your sister or your friend's like baby or whatever, and you're doing something, and they they like overprotective, and they come and they like pick up their kid quickly, you know, because they don't approve of you dangling this child over the balcony. Not that I've done that. I'm just saying hypothetically, you know. It's that. It was like that. That was the that's the best example I can think of. It. It's like imagine you're dangling somebody else's baby over. A balcony, and the mother comes and basically snatches the baby back and gives you that like look. And it was the, it was it actually it, at first it was a bit like frightening, and then and then Rob and I sort of like we sort of chuckled, but we got it, we got it. 
Yeah. And then there was another section when we were flying back. So now we've stowed all of it. We've managed to get all of the stuff on the plane. We've gotten through customs. We are boarding this plane. We are now on the plane. The wheels have left the tarmac. We are in the sky. And there's this family that originally asked if they could like share our overhead. And we were like, no, we can't because we've got some <laughs> fragile. We've, we've got fragile. Um, what are the words? Fragile souvenirs. So, so she's like, oh, okay, no problem. She understands. And then, like, she thinks that we're sleeping. <laughs> and oh, she opens word. up our overhead and she tries to put something in there. Now, the first thing I'm thinking is, oh, crap. There goes, like, my TTBP or Rob's Havoc or Steven's, mm. like, Mauler. But Steven's Mauler was on his lap anyway. And then, <laughs> no, like, Rob, no Rob just, like, sort of psychically wakes up. He's still got his glove on. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, the hand comes like, up. No. no. And you're like, oh, Holy sorry. shit, I don't remember that. <laughs> wow. Because we're all trying to sleep because the plane's in nighttime mode and I can't sleep. Yes. Rob has managed to sleep. There's this little <laughs> kid that's reading his book with the lights on. I don't want to get into too oh, much de- details. Yeah. And like, he, so he's keeping up that side of the plane awake and I can't, like, if there's a light in the corner of my eye, I can't sleep. Rather just have all the lights on and I can sleep, you know? But I mean, mm. if it's on the corner of my eye, it just keeps triggering my peripheral vision, which puts me in like defense mode. So, like, I just couldn't, and the mask wasn't good enough, and I was like, Arr! so I was just oh, watching, wow. like, on Netflix that I had saved on my iPad, and then this woman is like, boonk, boonk, and Rob's like, no. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> it <was> amazing. <laughs> oh, my word. Speaking of the mauler, though, uh, like, I know I'm an actor by trade, but if you have watched Road to Joke on Part 2, the conclusion of that episode when I put the batteries into the mauler and it actually functions and I fall to the floor with tears of joy, there, there is not a more sincere emotion. Uh, I, I was not hamming that up. I was losing my mind. Yeah, so there's because, a cool story with that too. <laughs> yeah, man. This object of my desire of many, many years, which I got at a price that I was all too happy to pay in a condition that was exquisite exquisite okay the one possible achilles heel was that the motor was burnt out or the gears were broken or you know there are internal aspects to the mauler that you cannot see on an auction you cannot see even when you inspect the thing in person you can only find out by doing that archaic action that human action of like purchasing a chemical tube filled with power (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and putting it onto the contact points of this ancient toy, which has convinced me that batteries were smaller back in the 80s, because, oh, boy, oh, boy, they fit snug. A little too <laughs> snug for my tastes. Um, and cracking that sucker up, you know, like starting that engine. It it, it was a moment of un, unmitigated elation. And and to help uh, put our listeners into perspective there, so it's the waning hours of JoeCon. JoeCon, everybody's packing up, they're putting stuff aside. We've just come out of the um, the panel that was talking about the new FSS stuff, uh, the Ninja Force Zartan, etc., etc. So we all sort of like, okay, cool, you know what? It's cool to, and this is exciting and stuff. But we want to go and check out the floor. So Steve and I sort of sneak off, or well, not sneak off, but we like make a beeline for the floor because we also have to go and pick up Bitter Ender, um, Jim Godfrey's custom. So we like, we on the move, we ask a mic. Okay. 
So we are now on the convention floor. It is quiet. I mean, there's there's very few people. Most guys are starting to pack up already. And now we're actually looking at Joe's. And I'm like lamenting certain purchases because I'm like, oh, that's so much cheaper here and whatever, you know. But whatever, that's that's the idea of a con, right? And uh, so Steve <laughs> and this other guy are talking about the smaller. And uh, they're busy, you know, they, they're negotiating or whatever. And then, you know, we have to go and get these batteries. And we I think we had like 30 minutes. 30 or 40 minutes to go and do this and we had to hoof it now being south africans in america we are we you know there's certain just there's just certain geographical things that you just need to click onto every time you get into a new country like for us we know where to go if we want to go and buy batteries we just go to pick and pay or whatever we know all the brands but there's a lot of brands in in, in the states that we don't know and chattanooga is quite sparse with its shopping. You know, it doesn't, you know, we used to like a mall or a mini mall having like tons of stuff together, tons of shopping, uh, like tons of retail locations together with these things. But like in the States, it seems to be like stretched out maybe on a street or whatever. You guys listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. So we don't know where the hell. So we're like GPSing this thing uh, and we're trying to find a place where we can buy batteries. (laughs) And, And it's hot. It is like, it is like super hot. It, is, it was so hot, I took my jacket off. It was, like, that hot, okay? Not that that means anything, but to me, it means a lot. And if and you guys know Paul, you know, he never takes his jacket off. His jacket off. So it was just, we were dying. And we're, like, running around, we're crossing streets, we're walking around blocks. Eventually, we find this Dollar General store. And it's like, oh, finally, you know, it's like, it was just such a great feeling to, like, actually find this place. And we sort of did it in good time. I mean, we'd walked this place flat. We were broken. I mean, I had shin splints. My cars were broken. We'd just been walking, 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 walking. Steve is, you know, like I'll get into that just now. But Steve likes to walk. I like to walk too. But it was just, we'd, and we're at quite a pace. And then we finally get to Dollar General Store. Steve gets the batteries. We get outside. And he's excited. I mean, he's not even like, you can see it in the video. He's not carefully doing anything. He rips off that packet of batteries like a kid who's about to like, play with the mauler in the car, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, so so that was just excitement. I mean, we had run around so much. There was so much negotiating before that. Steve and all of us hadn't really had too much time to really enjoy the convention floor, um, mostly partly because of G.I. Joburg responsibilities and, and also because in a lot of ways, us being there was because of you, our listeners. And when we saw you guys, we wanted to prioritize your time over our time. And um, so we didn't get a chance to really check out the convention floor as much as we wanted to. So Steve finding that mall, it was just like a, a godlike moment, you know, that kind of thing. So it was just awesome. Um, and then today, just to add to it, and I, this actually made me laugh out loud and made me think of Joe Con last year. Uh, there was this meme and it's like, we all have that friend that's, that's, you know, we all have that friend and it's like, yeah, we can just walk there. And then it's got a picture of the South African map and somebody's basically walked from South Africa to Botswana. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Stephen. I mean, we walked everywhere and it was great. It was actually really cool. It was so refreshing to be able to walk in cities and towns and stuff like that and not be on your guard. You don't walk in Joburg. No, 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 no. no. Unless you're me because I'm fucking crazy. (laughs) I don't bring my car to Joburg anymore. I just uh, I just taxi it and walk a lot. Paul would freak out. I don't think I'll walk quite as much now that I've got my extremely nice laptop. That's yeah. that's not going to happen. Damn compromise. Compromise. But yeah, guys. So that was crazy. It was just such a moment of elation. And just to add to the Greg Crockett thing, I mean, 
I, I, I don't know if we can do it without getting like some kind of, uh, you know, a copyright strike or something. But when he said, you know, anything you can carry is yours, it just reminded me of The Lion King. I just heard this. <laughs> and it was like breaking into the circle of life in my head. It's like, because I was just like, everything the light touch was basically ours. What if we couldn't fit it all? <laughs> Not that we, nice. yeah, but yeah, that was, that was awesome. It was, I, I was actually, I actually, I think we stopped at a truck stop at some point there. You guys will yeah. see it in the video. Steven's playing with the radar. We stopped at, stopped at some truck stop or something. It was like three o'clock in the morning or some god awful time. And I just remember this guy with this like, like unbelievably like self-conscious vehicle. Um, I'm I'm being sarcastic. I mean, this thing had this these massive wheels. It was like a raised suspension. It almost felt like a Bigfoot. It was like a little Bigfoot. And I mean, this little guy jumps out and like, mm-hmm, somebody's compensating. <laughs> <laughs> so like. This guy's like being a gangster, and there's us. Playing with Joe's. Watching this go down. It was great. Oh, wow. Anyway, just some of those weird moments. So, is there anything else you guys want to add? Like, Rob, were there any like funny moments or anything that like struck you as like, well, that was unique to you that maybe we didn't get to experience? Oh, jeez, you, you didn't get to experience the the amazing internet. <laughs> the internet was amazing in America. I'm just I'm just gonna say that. Um, it's probably a weird thing to say, but like the internet in South Africa, at least my experience of it is is not absolutely amazing. But like American internet, you guys, you're very lucky. And Ooh, especially in Chattanooga. In, yeah, dude. What what gig gig city? Yeah, yeah. Because their internet so fast. You're like, wow, guys internet um but like even just when i yeah there were there were a couple of days when i was i was a bit sickly um but even like kind of just being on my own it's just kind of like you know you're in america because you kind of hear the voices the the accents are so different um and just being able to kind of like explore america i think was was so absolutely amazing just we got to see so much so much of America. Um, I think especially, you know, if we kind of flown from place to place, we'd not have seen as much as we did. And I th- it, like, I don't know, like I've, I've said it before, but like being in America was just so absolutely, absolutely surreal. It was just like, we're in, we're in a movie where we're in a dream. Um, mm. And, it it really was just absolutely amazing and being able to pay for stuff in dollars. I mean that that was, that was a novelty. <laughs> I still can't <laughs> like, work out the quarters and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> it's easy. It's only it's twenty five cents. It's twenty five <laughs> cents. You know, it's just maths. It's a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, but like all of the like what the cents value. Uh, yeah. Anyway, carry on. I'm just okay. I was just like no, I was anyway. just maths retarded yeah. at that time. Okay. Just just everything was <laughs> was just amazing. Like. But like, uh, well, well, I like that moment that you mentioned that I can't even remember. It's me waking up and going, no, no. <laughs> I think that that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Hands off, chick. <laughs> no, no. Oh, sorry, I thought you were asleep. <laughs> no, like, Never. No, yeah, that makes it so much better. You're going to crush our toys in our sleep. We're going to wake up thinking, yeah, we got the best toys. Oh, no! Oopsie, respect the toys, woman. Respect them. <laughs> 
Speaking <laughs> of the toys, guys. Yes. Like, we didn't do a new shit section up front, because I want to do a 2018 as a whole. Like, I'm going to try and name at least all the vehicles. The figures I'm going to kind of let slide a bit. Um, but, like, what were the new toys of 2018, and what were your favorites? Wow. Who's going first? I think um, I think I'll go first because mine will be quite short because I I don't want to name everything. I mean, not that I got a lot. I think well, actually, no. I feel like I got a lot. Um, <laughs> but um, probably Rob's no glutton. <laughs> no, he definitely. It's isn't. true. I, I'm I'm not I'm not into gluttony. Not He's more slashed than glutton. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> he likes to relax. Shit. He's like oh me. my goodness! He likes to relax. Oh my goodness! Thanks, oh, Paul. Sorry, Rob. I didn't mean it like. I'll, t- I'll like... take it as a as an insult. <laughs> um. Yeah. Probably. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah. I'm gonna do like a like a top three. Um. So at number number three, I'd probably say the equalizer. Once again, thank you, Greg. It's uh like it floored me that someone was like, "Here, you can have this." You know, you came all this way. You can have this. It's yours. Um, and that just it blew me away. And especially, you know, I think I mentioned on one podcast um, that like I thought the the equalizer was was really cool. It looked interesting. It it seemed like a really amazing vehicle. And Greg, you know, he had heard that and he was like, "That's cool. These guys are coming to the states. Um, I think I think I can make this happen." And that that is really really quite awesome. Number two, um, I'd, I'd probably, it's probably a tie actually. It's a tie between the Havoc and the 92HQ. <laughs> the Havoc, because thanks to the amazing, the amazing work of Jim and, um, you know, the conceptual ideas that, that everyone came up with, you know, to create the, the, the figure, we placed, we placed in the competition. We, we got money and we were able to buy cool stuff. Um, and the second Havoc. place. Second place. Yeah, exactly. We were robbed. Come we on, were robbed. Come <laughs> we on. Jim was robbed. <laughs> but still, um, you know, we, we 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 did get a prize at the, the last Jocon, and I think that's amazing. Um, and I, 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 you know, I got a havoc, and I think the havoc is pretty awesome. And to, you know, maybe I'll feature it in a video sometime. I probably will. Um, and the 92HQ because now I finally have my own, you know, headquarters where I can you know, kind of play around and put my Joes. Yeah, thanks so much, Ethan. It's it's really it's really something, and all the play features are amazing. Um, that uh, that that's something I'm gonna do this year probably. Um, New Year's resolution is uh to complete it. There, there were a few, I mean not major missing parts, but there were a couple of things not there which I am gonna finish. And I think once I've finished it, then then we can actually put it into a video and like show off mm. how amazing it is. I think the prison in the eight, in 92 HQ is better in the, than in the original, um, but that's just me probably. <laughs> and my number one thing, which probably comes as no surprise, <laughs> I got <laughs> I got multiple scoops last year. <laughs> no, he's he's scooped out. I'm so scooped out, guys. I have like all the scoops now. I, I managed to snag uh, an FSS scoop. Um, which is probably the most expensive figure I've personally paid for, which I still need to take out of the packaging, actually. Um, I'm going to make a video of that, so look out for that. I got a, a crispy, fresh scoop, 
um, that, you know, that I can kind of like put on display um, because my old scoop, you know, my childhood scoop is just, he's, 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 you know, he's, he's the playing scoop. Well, I need a display mm-hmm. scoop and, and also one that has the mic, you know, I appreciate mm-hmm. Steven's quick fix, but it's cool to actually have a complete scoop. And then thanks, uh, thanks to Jason over Christmas, um, I received a mint on card scoop. So now I have, you know, all the versions of the scoop, uh, you know, the official versions of the scoop. I also have a, an, a really cool little kind of, I suppose, chubby version of, of scoop, thanks to J- Dave Cabal, um, which I, I also have somewhere in my room here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 around don't worry it's around um but yeah so <sighs> hopefully other people will learn how cool scoop is um over the next year um I'm, I'm gonna make that my my mission you know to make scoop the most awesome you know whenever people think of gi joe they gotta say oh yeah scoop well as awesome. it is when they think of gi joe book they're like yeah those guys like scoop and what <laughs> what is that guys. retro what is that? Retro um, yeah, Mike Blasting, French. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Um, so I really hate Sneak Peek, uh, but the guys <laughs> at GI Joburg like him for some reason. But they also like Scoop. I guess they really like lenses. <laughs> no, it's, it's just Rob. It's just. Oh, Rob. oh shit! Yeah, yeah because I, I, I like Sneak I'm Peek. I'm the guy who likes so. both of them. Oh <laughs> mm. uh, jeez, yeah. So the, those are my top three. Um, if I had to <laughs> What's do. What's your line about Sneak Peek? <laughs> Yeah, eventually she's going to have to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, word. Um, this is a, as a special mention. I'll mention Big Boa because he's probably my, my, my top Cobra figure that I got this year. That's a cool toy, hey? Wow. It's absolutely amazing. And shout out to Kokomo Toys. Thanks so much for having cool toys. You guys are the best. Paul, what, what I are you grateful love- for? I would love to do this in the style of uh, Billy Joel. Uh, we didn't start the fire, you know, and then just, you know, read, uh, like list all the things. All the, yeah, like Cobra Commander, Thunder Force, uh, you know, Cobra Commander, Tiger Force, Tiger Cat, Devil Fish, you know, like all that kind of stuff, you know, and a full, you know, and a full blown MCC. You know, I'd love we to do it like that. We are going to have to do this for a video, I think. We're going to have to and make it like a lyric video. I think that you see, we are going to be experimental this year. Um, we'll be on the the Christmas album, dude. We'll do the Twelve Days of Christmas, but like yeah. the Twelve Days of Jomas. 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 So uh, I can't start this list off without mentioning the MCC. Finally, the MCC is in my collection, and it is such a beautiful piece. Anybody who's got one and loves it, knows exactly where I'm coming from. It is also one of our most featured videos on YouTube, uh, and for good reason. I mean, Steven's shot some incredible footage, uh, but it's it's easy to shoot incredible footage of such a cool vehicle-slash-playset, and that's why I love it. It's a vehicle and a playset. Um, so that was a great thing. Thank you, Greg. Uh, I can't thank you enough for that. Um, so that's... Retro Blasting said on our video in the comments thread, very comprehensive. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Big ups. So, uh, yeah, so the MCC was a great thing. Uh, finishing off Tiger Force. So I got a Tiger Rat and a Tiger Fish, uh, which ultimately completed my Tiger Force set with uh, Tiger Force Bazooka, Tiger Force Lifeline, Tiger Force uh, geez, uh, Dusty, and a Tiger Force... 
And what is the other guy that I needed? Uh, Tiger Flint. Force and the Tiger Force Flint. And uh, yeah, I said Bazooka. So that finished that finished up my uh, collection. That was thanks to Greg Crockett and the magic of Jokon. I got a full Ninja Force set. Uh, when I say full, the first series. So that's with the Black Snake Eyes and Slice Dice Dojo. Chabang. Uh, that was cool. Storm Shadow. Let's not forget Storm Shadow. Ah, let's not forget Storm Shadow. Version 2, Storm Shadow. Ah, it's finally in my possession, thanks to Kokomo Toys. And version 1, Storm, version 1 Storm Shadow now has a crutch, thanks to last year. Uh, that has made me very happy. It's complete. The circle is now complete. Um, so I've got that Storm Shadow. That makes me balls happy. It's like, it's insanely cool. Uh, jeez. Uh, Big Boa, something I can share with Rob. Uh, Big Boa was one of my great additions from last year. Crimson God. Wow, how cool was it to get a Crimson God last year? That is one of my most coveted G.I. Joe toys. Um, and now it is even more coveted because I love that toy. It's actually sitting with me on the desk as we're speaking. Uh, and it came with a fantastic artwork. So thank you. And just in time for Christmas, no less. And just Things in time for up. Christmas. Yep, yep. That toy saved the Paul Loebscher Christmas. And I'm very happy to have that in my collection. And then the Earthquake. The Earthquake is such an amazing vehicle. It is like a Tonka truck and a G.I. Joe vehicle smooshed together. It is so much bigger than I thought it would be because sometimes the scale in the catalogs can be a little bit deceiving. It's so much bigger than I thought it would be and so much more interesting. It, it almost has a slightly Transformers-esque quality to it. I'm not sure, uh, not quite sure what gives it that. I don't <laughs> know if it's so much the coloring or the, the mechanisms that it has. Constructicons, got, baby. Constructicons. Yeah. It's just got that feel, and it's just I'm so happy to have that toy. And it was, it was, it was on my list. It was like something I wanted, but it was never like a super high priority. And getting it made me kick myself for not making it a high priority, especially, you know. But then again, that's why they say everything happens for a reason. That's why I didn't buy one long ago on eBay because it was on uh, on its way to me, and it was just, yeah, TTBPs, all that awesome, amazing stuff. I finally have. Some of my big Joe um, gaps have been filled. Lady J came home with me. Ah, I could go on. There's just so many great toys that came from last year. But the ones I mentioned earlier, those are special. Super special. It's just its almost too much to mention. We just had so much love from our fans. Uh, uh, It was last year that I got replacement uh, a replacement body for Destro, uh, for the modern era Destro. Uh, Super, super thank you to Joel Thompson for that. Uh, Yeah, guys, uh, just we scored. We scored big time, and those are some of my favorite toys from last year. And that's not even all of them. I just don't want to gush and, you know, make my fellow Joe Burgers tired. (laughs) I'm going to try and do all the vehicles, at least chronologically. I'm going to let some of the figures slip through the net, but uh, I'll stop for some important mentions. The year started off uh, a little bit ropey. Um, I got myself (laughs) a Ninja Lightning, which I unboxed on a live stream. Um, it's a piece of garbage. Definitely the worst vehicle I got this year. I mean, last year. <laughs> uh, immediately broke on assembly. Like the front forks just aren't thick or just strong enough to, to accommodate the construction of the vehicle. Like clipping the front wheel in between the front forks will immediately snap that sucker in two. It's, it's, it's happened. There was a Ninja Lightning unboxing right before mine, and it broke the same way. 
And there was a flood of respondents that said, like, yeah, it happened to me too, buddy. <laughs> You're not alone. This toy sucks. <laughs> me too. Hashtag. Totally. <laughs> but things were instantly rectified thanks to our buddy Dan. I got a Wolverine and the Crimson Guardsman, neither of which I'd ever had any prior even play awareness of. I'd never handled these toys before. Both are exceptional and beautiful and classic. And, yeah, they just remind you of how special G.I. Joe as a toy line was. Mm. After that, there was somewhat of a drought. But Joe-Con rectified that very quickly. <laughs> because at, in the lead-up to Joe-Con, uh, as we outlined in this episode, the f- very fortuitous trip to Greg's place and his incredible shed, um, I walked <laughs> away with a water moccasin. Beautiful. 1984's moccasin. It's a... It's a it's stunning boat. Uh, I've always been in possession of a tiger shark, but you can't beat the original. Can't knock it. The the color scheme, just the the classic cobra naval or cobra sort of amphibious force um, logo and 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 just feel tone. It's such a awesome vehicle. And as Cujo would say, the uh, the the box art is very Hotline Miami. Just to add to that, there is something very special about the moccasin. It is very um, tight. It's very early G.I. Joe. And compared to the Tiger Shark, Tiger, Tiger Shark, the Tiger Shark does feel a little bit loosey-goosey compared to the water moccasin. There mm. is a certain chic quality to, to the water moccasin. I'm very happy I managed to get one last year as well. No school like and old school. I also no came away, like the old school. I also came away with an X30, which will be featured. Uh, this is all from Greg's place. I came away f- with an X30, which will be featured in the, uh, uh, forthcoming episode of Blazing, Blazing Sand and the G.I. Joe Raider, which I'm so thrilled. I mean, he, he, he essentially gave to me out of his own personal collection because it was a Raider with unbroken tabs, which as you may or may not know, is hen's teeth. We got to Jocon, and uh, apart from a few figures that I picked up loose, uh, I walked away with the Mauler, obviously, and the Action Force Stalker, which was a contribution by Kit, a guy we made the acquaintance of in the line. Shout out to you, buddy. I picked up a His Tank driver, which I had to piece together. I found his legs. I found his body, and I, for about 45 minutes, scratched through a beta bin to find his waist, and I found it, and I was over the moon, because finally my his tank has a driver, but guess what? He looks even better in the fang, and there is precedent for putting a his tank driver in a fang, because if you read their vehicle qualifications on the file card, it says, his driver, fang pilot. And it looks like a flight suit more than it looks like a conceivable armored vehicle driver. I mean, it's more, it's more a, a flight suit to have like thigh high boots. Um, and this very impressive crash helmet. So put your stinger, put your extra stinger drivers in the his tank and use your his tank driver in the fang. You're welcome. The color contrast is much better and it shows off the contrast a lot better than putting this guy under the glass. You know, he's so much more exposed on the fang, and so you see the brilliance of that red setting off the black, and then the red gun and the red missiles. Yeah, it's it's a good combo. It's a sweet combo. Do it. Do it without hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> Got my first spirit, courtesy of our 
Birdie, Mike Smith. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Along with uh, my very first blowtorch. Never had a blowtorch. This figure is awesome. The chunk of it is so appealing. Ethan gave us an enormous box, which uh, my buddy Keenan was holding for us in New York to kind of save the cost of shipping this overseas back to South Africa. So it was always part of the plan to pick it up on our way back from Jocon. In this enormous box, as we've already spoken of, uh, Rob got his HQ. I got... Uh, Paul got his earthquake. I got the battle wagon and a few strays that the other guys uh, weren't too keen on. I got an ice snake. What a cool bonus. A razor blade, which I'm really intrigued by. It needs some completing, but it's cool to have another Joe helicopter. It's kind of like the 90s answer to the Skyhawk. And I got another glider. And you know I love gliders, guys. Gliders, are, they're just the best. <laughs> on getting back to South Africa and in the wake of our... Uh, video game playthroughs i got um some battle copters and an interrogator at a nice price really enjoyed those um i did a quick video about the interrogator and the battle copter but i'm going to do a more full-length review it's actually fully shot and fully voiced it just needs just needs time to edit <laughs> mike mccormanic gave me a black snake uh on the deck of the intrepid no less we were on an aircraft carrier and he was like hey Here's some, some extra toys for you guys to take home. Uh, managed to complete Rob's, um, Rhino, his direct to consumer Rhino, cause it was missing a missile or two. Uh, all courtesy of me. I, I lost it. Sorry, buddy. And, uh, the year was capped off with several arrivals in time for Christmas. From Jason, I got a carded roadblock. Very, very cool. The 1992 version. And this is probably my favorite version of Roadblock. It's just got so much character, even down to a little gold earring. Uh, beautiful, beautiful figure. And while you might not like weapons on a sprue, I kind of like the idea of Roadblock going tactical with a Steyr AUG. Uh, it even seems like the ammunition on his person suggests that that's the weapon that he uses because he's got a bunch of magazines instead of a bunch of bullet belts. It was also very fun to liberate him from his card, an experience that I haven't had in a long time. But since it was Jason's request that we do so, we did it on a live stream. On the same live stream, uh, I liberated a Cobra officer, which was on a, a phony recard. Yeah, a fake. Uh, Brent uh, also wanted... His intention was that we um, open these figures and... Uh, I did so with extreme prejudice. <laughs> Nothing of that card uh, will ever deceive anyone ever again. But the figure itself is legit. It is mint and it is a beautiful classic, classic Cobra baddie to have uh, in such pristine condition. He's he's in the sort of the, the classic baddie Hall of Fame at the moment next to my um, Cobra Trooper, which I also got on card this year. Pretty figure my uh, Battle Helmet Cobra Commander, and my Crimson God. Three great flavors of Cobra style and color, which just display very nicely together. From Jim, an AF3, he heard my love for this vehicle, this Action Force piece of Action Force history, um, and I was always fascinated by it. I'd never encountered it in the wild 
or at I, I think I saw one at Jocon, but it was so late in the event that I didn't even sort of take it down and mess with it. I just saw it from afar and was like, ah, gotta go. There's a mauler with my name on it, and I need to inspect it. Um, so incredible to take tick that off the list and yes rubber tires oh my word this thing just screams at you to play with it it is an extremely inviting toy uh it can fit the classic action force five point of articulation figures it can fit o-ring joes it can fit your bulkiest of modern era action figures the rooftop disengages to become a boat it has a separate outboard motor and fully modular parts. There's a gun that is multi-positional, uh, a, an aerial which is multi-positional. There are a few parts that I need to pick up to complete it, but the vehicle itself has a great camo scheme. The stickers are suitably old school, beautiful. Uh, everything about this vehicle just shows a lot of love and a very different design team, but nevertheless, an extremely thoughtful one to uh, the standard American releases. So I'm grateful to have this piece of history. And last but not least, my favorite Cobra vehicle uh, of 2018. Thank you, Ronald. I now have a Rattler in its classic, classic flavor. <laughs> it is so beautiful. So, so exquisite. And you know when you get a toy from... Our, our Dutch friend Ronald, you know it's going to be extremely well taken care of, well refurbished, lovingly cleaned, re-stickered. It's so beautiful. It is showroom quality, uh, and it just demands to be photographed and filmed. I honestly considered reshooting all of the sequences from Atlantis Factor Part 5 that involved Rob's uh, G.I. Joe uh, Thunderbolt 2 or Warthog, the A10 version, the sort of the redecoed Rattler, to put it into sort of G.I. Joe Hughes, which I then repurposed to be a Cobra vehicle to kind of have the classic face-off between this guy Striker and Rattler. I considered reshooting all of those with my new 1984 authentic original <laughs> Rattler, just so that it would make sense and we could see this jet being shown off as it should be. I'm going to have to write something to pay respects to it because, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I considered that. But then I immediately thought, no, nah, let's rather do a new adventure where it gets to shine in its ground attack role, for instance. Because Atlantis mm -hmm. Factor Part 5, it has to jettison all its ordnance because there's a more threatening jet in the air. And Wild Weasel's like, I'm not going to turn tails and run. I'm going to take this guy on, but we're going to lose some weight. So, you know, everything but the missiles must go. And he takes a ground attack aircraft into a dogfight, which, you know, only a truly crazy operative like Wild Weasel would even attempt. But he did it. He did it in Shakedown and he did it in Atlantis 5. So, uh, yeah, it, it's always a fun uh, trope to play out. The sort of the showdown, the duel of equals. So with that as my favorite Cobra vehicle, what is my favorite Joe vehicle? Is it the AF3? Hmm, it's not a Joe vehicle, so it kind of steps outside of the rankings. Is it the Conquest X30? You know, I love me a jet. Is it the Battle Wagon, whose motorized feature is all-terrain? I mean, those tires are huge, they're rubber, and they're actually ballooned up with air. And the motorized launching feature is sublime uh, to see in the flesh. Um, my brand new recently liberated roadblock 
1992 roadblock rides the battle wagon and, and is he definitely <laughs> hammers the most out of it. I mean, it's yeah, he puts it through its paces. It's a beautiful thing to behold. But the vehicle that has to take top honors, it's just got to be the one that uh, has always been topping my my grail list for some time now, and that's got to be the Mauler. It now has a very hard-to-find heavy metal, not with Mike, but with a, a cunning brown wire workaround, which <laughs> I think looks even better than his uh, plastic mic, because there's an actual piece of silver exposed wire at the end of it, which looks like the microphone capsule, you know, the head of the mic. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I love my, my cheap and cheerful uh, hacks. My Mauler has all its mud guards. It works. The skirts are there. The hatches are there. The smoke canisters are there. The extra bogey wheel is there. Both of the um, antenna are there. The tow cable is complete and unbroken. I shot a brief sequence with it in blazing sand. And when the tow cable flipped off into the sand and I had lost it for all of about 10 minutes... That was when I decided, okay, I'm stopping shooting. Uh, I've gotten all the material I need and anything I don't have, I can kind of finagle in the edit. I can save this episode. Um, I am not staying out here any longer and risking my my beloved, beloved tow cable. You will see the tears of time. (laughs) Very serious. (laughs) It's got to be. It's got to be. And heavy metal is one hell of a great figure design. Here's probably got the best... The best sculpted revolver on his thigh. But he's not my top Joe. I don't think my top Joe is even, uh, strictly speaking, a Joe. But at Greg's place, I got uh, a Red Star. And that is a fantastic figure. A wealth of accessories, uh, detail, and character. He's got a removable hat, which I always make him wear slightly on a tilt, sort of a rakish tilt, because I always figured that was more in line with his character. I mean, this is Colonel Brekhoff, except Hasbro didn't want to pay Larry Hammer the creator's rights for for using his you know original characters. I'm assuming that's the reason. They made Big Bear as their you know take on oh, a horror sure. show, yeah. and yeah. Uh, they made Red Star as their take on Colonel Brekhoff. I will say this, though. My Brekhoff worms its way into my heart as my number one good guy figure from 2018 because of two very important additions that I made to him. So I wonder if that takes him out of the running. You see, for a character called Red Star, who has no less than four stars on his person, sculpted on his person between his accessories and his his actual uniform... None of them are actually red. (laughs) So using a little uh, skillful application of paint, I made the star on his hat and his belt buckle red, and my goodness, does that finish the figure exquisitely. Uh, It is, I'd say, anyone with this figure in their possession, you need to do this. It's, It's like the jewel in the crown. All of a sudden, this figure will take on a new veneer of cool. And it's a cool enough figure on its own. I did happen to crack his crotch, though. For some reason, he's not not particularly strong in the crotch, good old Red Star. Mm-hmm. But I managed to, crotch. managed to glue that uh, amicably well. 
I mean, you can't, you can't even see the hairline crack now. I'm uh, very pleased to announce. And the final uh, award goes to the number one Cobra figure of 2018. And it has to be the Crimson God. Wow. Wow, wow. Mm. Wow, wow, mm. wow, wow. You can't beat it. You can't knock it. It's the first time I ever held, experienced, uh, possessed a Crimson God. It was a gift from Dan and best rifle of the line. Bar none. It, it is the best. The, the serration on the bayonet is vicious. The the daintiness of it, and yet it, it looks absolutely mongrel and lethal. Um, the vents on the sort of the shroud... The barrel, the skull, it's beautiful. And it's a beautiful figure, and I need to say no more. Mm. If you don't yeah, have you, one, you've got to get your you own one. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone needs this toy. Oh, man. Yeah, so, scare up your local uh, troop builder and try and get one from him, because, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think that's where they all are, in the houses of troop builders. Do it. Do it. Of course, I did get a prize this year that kind of stands in, a, in its own special light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a very roundabout way of saying I got hitched. You all know it. Um, Oops. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I said it she enough times already. Um, <laughs> and for those of you who are scratching your heads wondering who this, who this woman is, like, you've heard enough from me. Maybe it's time you heard a little, little bit of her and how we came to being and her views on my hobby. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Dr. Kim Jubber. <laughs> so I'm here with my better half, Kimberly. Hiya. And we're going to have a very earnest chat about this crazy hobby that I have and, and her views on it. She does come completely from the outside of G.I. Joe or toy collecting in general. She likes Pixar movies. <laughs> Don't make fun of my of my love of animation. It's one of the reasons why I tolerate your hobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a bit about that. So you're in to what makes me tick is cinema. No. Oh. I don't necessarily view the need for a successful relationship for me to understand your, I guess, what makes your hobby, I guess, in a way, so important to you. I just need to understand that it's important to you and accept it as it is. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This topic uh, seems to have reached its, its logical conclusion. No, but surely there is some shock. There is some jaw. Let me paint the picture and take us back in time. I was working overseas, living out of an apartment in Singapore. And I'd spent a day with this lovely lady uh, looking at medical textbooks because she was about to begin her, her medical studies at University of Sydney. And we wind up at my place. Uh, hopefully, no real um, subtext there other than just hanging out, maybe having a cup of tea walks into this apartment and is greeted by a slew of Marvel Universe three and three quarter inch action figures on my bedside tables, a very cool masterpiece Rodimus convoy on my windowsill, 
And at the foot of the bed, a gigantic at-at from Star Wars. Uh, I'm talking about the big one, guys, not the vintage one. The, yeah, I think it was like a 2010 Toys R Us exclusive, the Endor one with the the, the brown feet. <laughs> what did you think when you first saw this stuff? Did I did I give you any kind of preface? Did I say as I was turning the key, like, um, I hope you don't mind, I'm a toy collector. Do you remember? I don't remember you ever ever telling me before we entered the apartment about your toys. You must have mentioned it to me at some point about your toy collection before we had the chance to hang out that day. And I kind of just went, oh, that's cool. At that point, you know, you must know he was also very good looking. So at that point, anything he said, I would have been, unless he said that, you know, hey, I kill people for a living or as a hobby, then that would have really freaked me out. But anything other than that, I was okay with. So um, I thought toy collecting, yeah, sure. I did not actually envision how his hobby would eventually expand to what it is today, which is, you know, the amount of time and effort that he goes into shooting the videos, editing the videos, putting it up and an agonizing over the shocking quality that is African internet being like, it didn't upload again. <laughs> and for him to curl up into a fetal position for a little bit and then get back to it later on. That was not part of what I saw in 2012. So in 2012, I saw the toys and went, ah, okay, cool. But I was far more interested in the man at that time rather than the toys. I still am far more interested in the man than the toys. Um, <laughs> Thank goodness for that. <laughs> so speaking, as I say, from an outsider on the on the hobby, uh, just in terms of background, Kim, did you ever collect anything as a child? Was there ever any kind of toy that you would always gravitate towards, pick up, play with? Mm, I... Don't think I ever gravitated towards a certain genre of toys. Um, I don't ever remember my childhood being one that was filled with toys. Uh, probably because I had a lot of siblings to play with. And a lot of my playtime consisted of playing with a sibling as opposed to playing with a toy. I had a older brother. I have an older sister and a younger brother. So the four of us, all quite close in age. And my parents made it a point to never, ever buy toys for us. So Ouch. we all know that the, the level of which the, the, where the toys are was always on the top level of any, any departmental store. So my oldest brother at that point would always say to my mom, can we go up to the toys, um, to, to the top floor where the toys are? I promise you we won't buy anything. I promise everyone here won't ask for anything. We just want to go there and play with the toys. Hmm. I seem to recall that same argument playing out for me as well. But I think my parents always knew that that was like, that was code. As any parent would. I mean, the more I observe my brother's kids, the more I see, yeah, if we're going to cruise the toy aisle, there'll be something that, that a child will want to walk out with. Always, always. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that happened a couple of times for us too, but we were far more 
we idolized my older brother. My older brother was like a angel in the sky. So, you know, we a hundred percent listened to everything he had to say. Um, so even if any one of us were to, to begin to, to, to throw a tantrum, he would always come in and say, no, remember, we told mom that we're not going to ask for anything. We're not going to fight about anything or cry about anything. If we do, we will never get to go to a toy store again. Logical. Gee whiz. I was about to suspect that he had some kind of um, end to the deal. That if he acted as enforcer, he would, uh, you know. Get get, a special toy? Get a little something something from mom and dad. No, okay. Wow. The The one toy that my brother did get and was very much his thing for his childhood was this I Sony think PlayStation a, please don't say it no it's a Hulk <laughs> puppet like a hand Hulk toy that vibrated wow so, so you could put it over your hand you and it would vibrate fist, and you fist could, the Hulk from behind oh, and he would vibrate no but it you. would just be the hand of the Hulk <laughs> not the actual Hulk oh like Hulk hands yes. like like a fist yes awesome Fisting a Hulk. No, no, no. What's you, the when matter you, with when you? you said a puppet, that's what threw me. I'm oh. familiar with Hulk hands. So they would make sound effects and yeah. vibrates. Yeah. Oh, yes. So that was. You could also get Hulk feet. Did you know that? No, I didn't. So you could be a kid with gigantic green feet and hands. It's an interesting look. It is. But I'm sure you could have. Like, feet is not. Feet. Like, put. Having ginormous feet is like. Why are you pointing at my feet? He does have very small feet. <laughs> well, not very small. I'd say <laughs> the average size foot. Thank you very much, Kimberly. Um, no, but like feet is less attractive than hands were because, you know, we're bipedal, but we're also like, you know, the most unique thing about being human is, you know, we've got thumbs, you know, mm. opposable thumbs. We can do stuff with it. So, Ooh, so that's many, always so much stuff. That's always far more exciting than having large feet because well large feet we we do that with putting on our parents shoes anyway it was you know a thing of like trying to be an adult i don't need that i just need hulk hands (laughs) (laughs) but the feet made crunch sounds imagine as you walk no no. Okay. Well, it was your brother. I just wanted. Well, my brother's anyway, so we didn't get to. Put, we didn't really get to play with it. But that was the only toy my brother ever asked for mm. in all of his years, and that was the one toy that he got. But the rest of us, the other reason why my mom never bought us toys is because we had. We I come from a very big family, so you know, we had a lot of people giving us toys because it's the most natural line of thinking when you when someone's when you've got a little kid's birthday. You buy them whatever's the most the, the trendiest toy at the time. So my parents never had to buy us toys. We always got toys. We got an assortment of toys. So while I never collected anything, I do have a few toy items that are that hold more nostalgic um, significance rather than actual fun with playing. You know, because I don't remember play particularly being. You know, being a typical girl, I think I I was drawn to stuff. dress up and coloring yeah, in. Yeah, but also <laughs> stuffed toys, like you okay. know, plush toys, and I I still I still am. I'm you know I still love my plush toys. As we speak right now, I'm holding a very soft fox. You know, it's a fox. It's 
soft. What's not to like? You know? Depicted in an anime style with its eyes shut tightly. Yeah. It's a happy toy. It's a happy toy. It's a sleepy fox. What it more could you want from your fox? And until now, I think my favorite toy is still this enormous stuffed bunny that my teacher gave me when I, when I turned, I think, seven or six or five or six. For a five-year-old, that bunny was the same size as me. <laughs> and it wore, it was gray. It had floppy ears. It had overalls. It wore blue overalls with yellow but- buttons. And I called it Mr. Gray. And I still have that bunny till today. And it's, so I don't collect toys, but the toys that I do have stick around and I remember them. And yeah. Hmm. Something I've always been meaning to ask. Uh, I recall very vividly the day you left Singapore. Uh, we were going to the airport with your folks. And in the back seat of the car, you started doodling on a little sketch pad and you drew me a Jawa. Where did that come from? I drew you a Jawa? Yeah. Now's probably not a good time. I also drew an ex to tell him that I drew an ex boyfriend also a Jawa. Ooh. <laughs> well, subsequent to that, you've drawn um, a, a birthday card where a stormtrooper is carrying a cake and Darth Vader's sort of no. force lifting the cake. It, a a stormtrooper built, baked a cake that was in the shape of the Death Star with a candle on it and everything. And Darth Vader, in a animation style, was using the force to levitate the cake away from the stormtrooper <laughs> and towards himself. <laughs> Comically. Um, so that was all just a ploy to melt my, my Star Wars fanboy heart. It worked, right? Six years later, we're still here. Oh, <laughs> bravo. And ladies I put a ring on it. Ladies, ladies, this is when you take a few... Tips and hints as to how to trap a fanboy. You could, of course, try cosplay. Yeah, he's brought that up many, many times over the years. Would you do it? He would like me to do Princess Leia. You know, the one where she's, fittingly enough, captured by Jabba the Hutt. No, I I absolutely did not. Yes, you did. I would like you to be from Star Wars. The white with the... uh, Donut hair? With the donut hair, no bra. Uh, and I would rather be BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. I think you have um, you need to put on some pounds, babe. You're not quite rotund enough. Ooh. Oh, well, geez, bun in the oven, that might, that might change. Ooh. <laughs> We're not expecting, ladies and gents. At least not yet. Next up question. Oh, wow. We've been kind of off script. Uh... What do you predict the future of this hobby and our life together? Um, a lot of your toy at the moment lives in your parents' house in Plumstead, Cape Town. Hmm. Which I foresee that collection never moving from that house because I also foresee that house one day being... If we ever choose to go back to South Africa, or live, we if, if we live in South Africa one day down the road, that house, you know, whenever that day may come, 
Spit it out. Do you think it'll stay in the family? I think so. Okay. Either that or the three, or, or, or if it gets sold, the three of you will decide either to split the, the profits or... Yeah, look, I, 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 don't, but, I don't want to give the game away, but I think you know, that house is worth a lot more to us than its monetary value. Yeah, and I think it, but I think in, what I'm trying to say is that in that house, no matter which house we live in, it will, it will always have a very similar room in which the, Steve's toy collection will live in. Like, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's on record. Kim is advocating that I get a toy room. I'm I'm not advocating it. I'm saying that that will happen with with or without me resisting it. It will happen one day. Mm. And Let's get controversial. Would you resist me having a toy room? If we didn't have space, I'd be like, well, no, we can't have a toy room. The, the baby needs somewhere to sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you suggested, oh, well, we can build him a crib out of, you know, and with the AT-80 standing at its foot, you know, and protecting him, I'll be like, still, there's not enough space. I'm advocating that the toy room be the baby's room and the shelving be arranged as follows. At the bottom, we have chew toys, you know, baby toddler stuff, basic stuff. He already does this anyway. Then we, as you work your way up, we go from like, you know, crap that I couldn't really give a damn about, like 90s X-Men figures. Uh, that stuff's still clogging up a box somewhere in the, the ceiling. And we work our way up to s- sort of generic knockoff G.I. Joe stuff. And then at the top, top layer will be the G.I. Joe collection, sort of encircling this room like a, a halo of high-value, vintage, ultra-cool stuff. And once the child has sort of graduated through all the other tiers, then it's time for him or her to play G.I. Joe. What say you, Kimmy? That's his dream right there. That oh. is his dream. He already does this anyway with his little niece <laughs> and nephew, Elka and Casper, when they arrive in town, you know, every every year in December. He reorganizes the room so that, you know, that the breakable stuff that if they get broken, he doesn't he won't cry too much about at the bottom and then, you know, the the stuff that he values right at the top. The which, defiant goes into the cupboard, which is then like it has a, a a spare mattress kind of like pushed right up against it. Like a child would really have to work to uh, to get at that cupboard. Oh, but it's going to happen one day. One day no, I'm going to come children, home. The children are getting older and older and they're far more, they're less, I guess, easily placated by what's on the bottom tier. Because let's be, let's be honest, the bottom tier stuff sometimes is naff. Besides, you place it right at the top and it's got value. It's got like, to a little kid, it's just like, there's a reason why he put it right at the top and that's the one that I want. I don't want all this stuff at the bottom that's easy for me to reach. <laughs> like Yeah, the same stuff I've been playing with since like 2014. What? Well, I'm saying like all the stuff that they've already seen is always kind of displayed in full view every year they come to visit. Yeah, well, the children. So they've are had getting, it already. They're like, yeah, but the want... children are getting taller and taller, so <laughs> they couldn't reach it before. Now they can. Anyways, my plan will probably all come to nothing because, knowing my luck, uh, my kid would probably be more interested in sport or video games than physical, tactile toys. So, boo. 
Oh, but I wouldn't. But to complete this topic, I would say no. I wouldn't resist to Steve having a toy room. I think it's important. I mean, like the bottom line of this whole topic is that I'm fairly envious of people who have such a a hobby that they can throw themselves so thoroughly into and be completely overwhelmed by. That means you, dear listener. Um, I personally have no such hobby, so. And if that keeps him busy while I'm busy, then I'm off. I will have no objections to it. Like I said before, it's on the record now. <laughs> Would you ever come to a convention? Yes, just to try and get a bit of a understanding as to beyond beyond just you, Paul, and Rob. You know your fascination with the toy, just to see what you know, the other pop, the other people that go to these conventions, especially in the US where they have such an abundance of this stuff, what their fascination with this toy is, you know. It's so easily, you're so easily distracted in the US when you've got, you know, so much. Why is it that you choose to focus on this one line of toys that... <sighs> because it's the best... Oh, Kimmy. But the old stuff as well is better than the new stuff, is what I what I understand uh, from this yes one. Yes and no. There are there are factors in favor of both. I mean, the modern figures are the best action figures ever produced, ever. Uh, over and above the vintage. The vintage has nostalgic appeal, and that puts it on top for me. But if you speak in purely objective terms, like, these are figures that have the perfect balance of articulation and durability... That's a sweet spot that not every action figure line gets right. G.I. Joe got it right. They also come with the most detailed and varied pool of accessories. And the accessories themselves have interactions that are technically unparalleled. Removable silences, guns that go into holsters, guns that can sort of disconnect into modular pieces... A removable bullets. I mean, there are there are technical achievements that have happened in the GI Joe line in recent memory that like defy defy its own scaling. Like, so these are objectively very very well crafted playthings. Um, I mean, calling them playthings is even selling them shorts. These are yeah collectibles. Uh, I hate that term because they should still be played with. There needs to be a new term. Maybe maybe we just need to revisit action figure. Maybe that's the good catch-all. We we got that way way back when GI Joe was born. Ironically, on the same day I proposed to this lady. Yeah, true true story. Second of February. Look it up. Where was I going with this? So yeah, the the the, the new figures are amazing. The second of February was the day that GI Joe was conceived. I believe. I don't know. I checked it out on one of those this day in history kind of lists and it blew my mind that gi joe i think was either patented or went on sale for the first time but there is a significance to gi joe and i'm talking about 12 inch original joe so this is way way back in history but yeah the day i proposed to this little lady um it has some joe significance joe significance <laughs> i've only ever seen the only time that i've managed to understand a little bit more as to why people have such a fascination with G.I. Joe is watching this episode of The Toys They Made Us on Netflix. And while I don't 
my ever foresee myself being a collector or showing more interest in it than I do now. Watching that that episode of GI Joe, it made me understand what I can understand is the the amount of hard work and tears and passion that people 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 threw their lives into making this toy because they really truly believed in creating this this line of toys and the world of GI Joe uh, for for little boys and little girls um, to enjoy they they were really going back to the concept of little boys being able to playing with you know, essentially a doll, but a, a, a doll for boys. An action figure at the term was given birth to. But that's, yeah, I'd say that's that's one, one portion of it, sure. But, I mean, the fact that it's a, it's a testimony to the strength of this toy that many, many decades hence, the, you know, the, the effect it's had on us is indelible. Um, and that's something that I learned going to a convention and being surrounded by a community of people that all, I mean, we all come from different parts of the world, different walks of life, but we have this shared experience. The fact that out of all the things that we could have gravitated towards as children, the one that stood head and shoulders above all others was this toy line. Uh, it was very heartwarming to be surrounded by people like that. And I think, I mean, I really hope that I get to drag you off to one of these things and no, but the only problem with being with me being at one of these things is that I would, for because I have a lot of love for this man, I would go to the convention for one day, and then beg to be let off for the other days. Why is that? <laughs> Too much. Too much. I'm like, okay, babes, one day. No oh, man, but okay. The, the the merchandise is what it is, but it's the people that are constantly evolving, and we're all exactly. Just... But I don't have anything in common with these people, so I think rather than dragging your fiance through the convention where she's constantly distracted by thoughts of like, how do I get out of here alive? <laughs> uh, I'd rather you go enjoy yourself and actually be able to you know, steep yourself in this stuff rather than trying too hard to, you know. So I take it you weren't at all bitter that uh, this was a boy's trip? Nah! Cucho got to bring his girl. Well, there was no stopping the lovely Stephanie. She's a force of nature, and we were very happy to have her along. Did you not feel a little left out of the fun, babe? Nah. No? That was your thing and your thing. I mean, like, if I brought you to a medical convention... You would be like, let me out of here. Very good point. <laughs> okay, that point is well Acronyms made. being thrown around at you, three-letter three acronyms, you'd be like, ah! <laughs> exactly in that tone, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly in that tone. I think in closing, I just want to know what you think is, A, the coolest part of this hobby, and B, the coolest item in my collection. Ooh. Ooh Is there anything ooh. that really rocks your world as much as I do? <sighs> oh, wow. Ignoring that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, a, a, the the coolest part of your hobby? Yeah. Um, the coolest part of your hobby is... I guess watching you be so passionate about your hobby... You know, 
not many people have a hobby that they can be so passionate about you know a hobby is as the term defined it's a side thing that people do for a lot of people their hobby doesn't necessarily take up a heck of a lot of their life and in this case it really does for you like he's just got he really throws himself into G.I. Joe's. I mean, sometimes I feel like, I don't know, if, if there was a fire and he had to choose between saving his most precious G.I. Joe and saving me. Oh, Kimmy. He would save me eventually, I believe. I'd, but stu- I'd stuff your pockets with figures. In the, <laughs> in the split moment, he will pause and be like, woman's got legs, she can run herself, my toys can't. I hold on to you, you hold on to the tomahawk. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, that's probably the coolest part of your hobby is just watching you and knowing that a whole lot of people out there share the same passion as you in this hobby. Not every hobby can build such a strong community of people who just enjoy being able to talk about this stuff with each other. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, favorite toy. I don't know enough about GI Joe's to actually have a favorite toy, so I'm sorry about that. That might be a bit of a cop out, but if I were to say what I can remember, which is the toys that that always kind of catches my eye whenever I walk into that ridiculous room of yours. Hmm. Which one? <laughs> my apartment's the same story. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, the GI Joe vehicles are cool. Like sometimes I look at the design and be, and think that's fa- how how is that practical or how can you ever use that in warfare? But you know it's got a cool design and at the end of the day I guess it's still it was still designed and geared towards little boys who don't necessarily need to know the ins and out of being able to use it in a war, but you know just to attract them in terms of look and coolness in how and what it looks like like the the what's the plane with what's the helicopter looking thing that's got like stripes on it what like a tiger decker yeah yeah that oh, one. okay well that would be the tiger fly yeah mm. that that one see that's cool but and what's the other figure what's the other helicopter one as well that's got a the pilot sits so close to the blades itself and has no canopy over it. <laughs> the fang. <laughs> but again, very cool. Completely well, impractical. Can you imagine your head being taken off by that thing? There is footage floating around the web of something that looks a lot like the fang helicopter. It is literally an open cockpit with the pilot's head just beneath the blades. I guess if you're pushed all the way back to the rotor stem... You know, there is no chance of those blades ever striking your head unless you are freakishly tall. True, but I'm also thinking about... <laughs> or your seatbelt uh, suddenly But I'm loosens. also thinking about, like, so, you know, like, I don't know what the effects of centripetal force of those blades would do for you, actually. Like, do your head in. Look, it is going to be one of my highest goals at this point to get a G.I. Joe original vehicle designer to interview. Dave Kunitz, Ron Rudatz, these guys, yeah. I mean, just the choices made. I mean, I can kind of fill in some of the blanks. Uh, towards the latter years of the 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 original run, uh, vehicles got very glass-heavy. 
you know, the only toy. Speaking of glass heavy, the only toy that I always will remember and look out for every time I go into that room, just because it looks so ridiculous in terms of what it looks like, is and I know the name, the bug. Is it called the bug? The bug. The Pope Mobile. Yep, bubble canopies. Like that's just like those things look like they've got essentially someone's just strapped got two bra cups together and it made a toy out of it <laughs> see-through bra cups my favorite kind uh, <laughs> uh but, well i mean would it make any difference to know that that is a submersible vehicle well it has to be <laughs> why else would you have a bubble front like bubble water and i think it'd be pretty cool if you were in it and underwater yeah. and you get to like watch fishies great forward visibility yeah. i mean unparalleled it'd be great for a date Hey. Hey. Except I don't like being underwater. Yeah, I was about to say. Kimmy. I don't like that. I don't like anything with the concept of being underwater in, like, no man, like, you can't see what's coming at you, and you've not got no control. If you can't, un- if you haven't f- picked this up by now, I am a control freak. I don't like being in environments where there are lots of uncontrollable elements. Mm-mm. Hmm. People die because of that shit. No. Kimmy is the jinx to my Lieutenant Falcon. I keep him grounded, you see. <laughs> it was very heartwarming to me after a Netflix TV show finally broke through to you, Kim. Uh, after watching the episode of The Toys That Made Us, you were like, Oh, Stephen, please, can you build up the USS flagship? I was like, it's the USS flag, love, but absolutely. I've dated this man for six years, and I've known from day one that he's got the USS flag correct till today i still call it the i think i i've gotten better though initially initially i used to call it the ussr flagship (laughs) which i then quickly realized has got nothing to do with russians contradiction in terms man cool well we've yet to do that sadly but december looms large uh kim will be coming home with me back to uh South Africa, Cape Town, wonderful. We can hang out at my folks' place and make the USSR flagship. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, keep my nieces and nephews from. We can get Elko to be a Russian on that fla- on that ship. She'd love that, Pro- provided she doesn't get on the ship. She's getting rather big these days, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust the flag's ability to 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 bear her load. Thanks, Kimmy. Well, it's nice chatting to you. That's it from me, guys. <laughs> For now. For now. Well, it's only taken him six years for me to get onto uh, his podcast. Uh, who knows? It'll take me another six years to make another reappearance. Uh, oh, no. Don't be holding no, your no. breath for that, though, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've broken the seal now, babe. Yeah, I do like hearing the sound of my own voice. I'm fairly narcissistic, so... Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe. Yo, and we're back you're back to episode 135 (laughs) yeah 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 i'm joking oh what did you say you have a bad itch i have a bad itch (laughs) if it was anything to the uh to the contrary uh, i might have to sort you out young man yeah yeah, exactly i'm gonna gonna reach into the skype line strangle me yeah (laughs) I'm going to knock all your Gundams off the shelf. (laughs) 
Yeah, no. Uh, Steve's got his jinx. <laughs> true, yeah, true, true. If you didn't realize from uh, the uh, the video feature, yeah, there was a a wedding cake that featured <laughs> Falcon and Jinx as wedding toppers. Yeah, I'm that big a nerd, and she's enough of a team player to not veto that. <laughs> hey, oh, that is cool. That's super special. Where's that character from? Oh, Wolfenstein. <laughs> no, that's super cool, man. So, is there anything else you guys want to mention about 2018? Is there maybe something you want to mention about 2019? Maybe just uh, just focus our thoughts for 2019. Maybe, uh, our, you know, give our listeners some uh, clues as to what we might be doing this year or things that we've already put into motion. Is there anything special you guys have in, uh, in mind or have pl- uh, planning or cooking or anything for yourselves? Just to be really positive and excited for the year and and look forward to just doing cool stuff for for everything that we that we we're involved in i think I think twenty eighteen was awesome it's kind of like yeah it's just kicked us in the ass and said, "Hey, go do cool stuff and uh yeah I think twenty nineteen will be cool will be cool <laughs> I'm gonna keep the podcast going throughout the year. Uh, oh, the, web- cool idea. the webisode is going to be released monthly. Um, I have to gather enough footage now before I leave for Singapore mid-Feb. Uh, so this is sort of a vacation, but mainly just a staycation for me to get on top of uh, filming stuff. So there'll be a steady trickle of, of cool stuff. You know, ac- apart from the webisodes, I'd love to shoot a Mauler review. Though I'm extremely trepidatious about actually taking a motorized battery-operated toy into the sand. uh, In Australia? I don't want to clog it up. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to film it in Oz. I think I'm going to use a local... No, I'm not taking my toys with me, man. Everything that will be shot will be shot between now and mid-Feb. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's in your hands if there's going to be any more content than what I have planned. We're going to uh, do it, Stephen. Don't you worry. So we're, we're gonna, I've, we've got plans. So we have plans within plans. Okay? I'm praying that, that I don't actually have to go to, to any kind of work commitment in June, that I can actually make it to Joe Fest. I'm, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm like praying against the possibility of work, <laughs> which is a strange thing for a freelancer to say, but yeah, it'd be really cool to go to Joe Fest. We'll see if it's on the Would cards. Be. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, lots of things can happen. So cool. I mean, so yeah, I mean, like for myself, uh, as Stevens mentioned, I mean, he's going to be away uh, for a bit, and he's going to be mostly toyless, uh, except for his number one action figure. Uh, you know, Jinx. Um, but Jinx. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that leaves it to Rob and I to sort of uh, carry the torch. In, in certain ways and maybe contribute. And uh, I'm going to be upfront. I am not going to shoot uh, super-sized web episodes to the, uh, to the degree of what Steven's doing because that in itself is kind of a collaborative process. It has elements of collaboration within it. There's a lot of discussion and a lot of discursive elements that go into to creating those. And Steven helms those. He directs those. Those are his products. So what I wish to do is I want to do something a little bit more experimental um, and I'm hoping I can get the first one out by the end of this month. Uh, I am sort of looking into getting a GoPro, and if not a GoPro, a very good uh, generic that I can use to shoot um, some cool action scenes and just take the 
take it away from my phone because my you know anybody who's shot with an iPhone before knows that there are some hard to reach places with that thing um, and there are some seri serious lens restrictions that come with it. Um, I'm not trying to be too much of an artiste, but I am trying to do some indoor shots and whatever's. So I have this project. It's a mini project. Um, so you guys will see that. They will kind of be mini episodes, but not really. They're going to be different. So I don't want to allude to too much. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I would love to go to Joe Fest. I'm currently working on something with Cujo. Uh, that may or may not yield results and may or may not get us to Joe Fest. Uh, failing Joe Fest, my f number one travel plan for this year was originally to go to Japan, um, but some very cool news came my way that Hong Kong might be a, a much easier option. Um, so I'm saving up to do some Hong Kong stuff, and I wish to do some G.I. Joe book footage and, and some other YouTube project uh, footage in Hong Kong. Uh, and that will be with Steve. And it will be cool to try and see if we can get uh, Rob there as well. But, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, but if not, I'm hitting those scratches. Okay. I'm hitting those <laughs> scratches. Uh, I want it wouldn't be the lotto. Um, but, yeah, you know, you know so those, those are plans. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, you know, last year's JoeCon gave us the – we got to do some merchandise. Uh, we made a few mistakes here and there. Uh, some silly mistakes. Uh, looking back at it now, I should have actually gone with this option originally. Um, but I have now started an official G.I. Joburg Red Bubble account and an official G.I. Joburg Teespring account. Why two different uh, print-on-demand services, you ask? Well, Red Bubble doesn't uh, offers some things that Teespring doesn't and vice versa. Uh, it also has some different. Uh, the, the price discrepancy is quite steep between the two. Um, so that I'm really just giving our listeners the options. Um, both of them will provide official G.I. Joe book merchandise in the form of the G.I. Joe book T-shirt. Um, and there will be some other artworks and whatever's going up there. And that will mean that you'll have access to things like G.I. Joe book, the shirt, G.I. Joe book, the ladies V-neck shirt, uh, amongst others, G.I. Joe book, the throw pillow and G.I. Joe book, the duvet cover set. Now, I know that sounds like a really ridiculous thing, but I know that a lot of you <laughs> have kids that really love our channel. And, you know, as a kid, I loved um, having my favorite stuff as my bed covers. I mean, I had He-Man covers and Brave Star covers and Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles and some stupid thing with the alphabet. And then there was ninjas, uh, just like just normal ninjas. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I would love the child in me would love a G.I. Joe Berg uh, bed cover. And I think I might even do that. Um, still much to the chagrin of my significant other. Um, but anyway, those... our first customer, Paul. <laughs> Go. Um, I will be contacting some of our listeners uh, with promotional codes, um, uh, with special instructions, because I would like you guys to obviously sample the product and talk about it and all that kind of stuff. But also it's just a way of, of us giving back to you because you've given us lots of cool toys and we can't say thank you enough. And this is just my small way of doing that. So yes, Teespring has a lot of a lot of great merchandise, as does Redbubble. I have tried to make it look as cool as possible. Um, releases will trickle through over the next uh, over the course of the next few months, um, and yeah, I am going to be pushing this a little bit. It's not because I think I'm going to be a millionaire from it or anything like that. It's just because I'm building up my side hustle in 2019. I I would like to get myself out of the loop that I found my in myself in financially and would like to try and find some cool tricks 
uh, not tricks, but like just so some cool uh, avenues of generating cool stuff and maybe just making a little bit of money on the side to support this uh, awesome hobby. As mentioned in last year's uh, downsizing video, or uh, what is it? C uh, collection maintenance. Um, collecting so, goals. Uh, collecting, collecting goals. goals. Um, so yeah. Well, so it sounds like you have a lot of stuff going going on, Paul. That, that's that's, some of the things that's coming really you. amazing. It sounds like 2019 is going to be a big year for Jared Erberg. It's going to be super busy. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Hey uh, guys, nice. we're 10 minutes away from dropping Blazing Sand Part One. Oh my goodness. Oh, you know, one of my newfound favorite things to do, and particularly when it comes to these webisodes, is watching the comments trickle in. I mean, it's been said a handful of times, and I know this is just sweet talking us, really, but like, you know, the, the people who say, shit, dude, you put together a better, uh, a better G.I. Joe live action tale than Hollywood could. Well, yes, thank you, firstly, but no shit. I mean, if only the fans were driving the creative exploits of of G.I. Joe, you know, when it comes to where, where where the real money is at. But we're not. We're not. So these silly webisodes, yeah, man, this is my G.I. Joe. This is our G.I. Joe. You can't go wrong when you feature beloved toys and just playtime. Yeah. So this is my love letter to our hobby. It's... It's my expression of like what I love most about this stuff. What I miss the most about this stuff. This is how we used to do it, boys. Mm -hmm. Take our toys outside and play. So yeah, and, long may they last. Uh, uh, it it fills me with such excitement, and it's so rewarding to set one of these episodes, uh, you know, into the wild. Uh, and you're gonna see a lot more of them, fortunately, now that my technological uh, uh, hurdle has been overcome. Next is getting a good camera. I'm so glad people, yeah, I'm so glad that people enjoy enjoy what we're putting out. And also, I'm I mean, really grateful. You know, while while we are, you know, putting ourselves on a little bit of a pedestal with regards to this, and I mean, mm. I say that with great humility or great no. modesty, with all the modesty I can muster with 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 regards to this, it's funny how the best Transformers movie isn't uh, is set in the 80s. And harks back to what made the 80s magical and how critiques and uh, critics, uh, critics and um, how other uh, fanboys out there of Transformers are saying uh, throwing a GI, uh, throwing a Transformers movie uh, uh, out in uh, that said in the 80s that harks to G1 was actually the thing Hollywood should have done in the first place. And it has done fairly well as a movie and it has been well respected and enjoyed by critics and fans alike. Uh, I just want to say you heard it here on G.I. Joe first because we definitely said that G.I. Joe should be an 80s period piece and Bumblebee is just a really good proof of that. So I'm just putting that out there, okay, on top of the other slew of <laughs> 80s feeling shows that we've been getting lately. so good. Someone like obviously listened to the podcast and, and they were things. like, yeah, I'm gonna they listened to the podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe they listen to the podcast, or maybe it is just a collective, a consciousness that uh, that exists between fans of of the products and the things that we love, that our generation loves, and it's just it was just great to hear that because it definitely just entrenched that idea. It just made yeah, it yeah. The eighties is real. absolutely amazing. Yeah. On the way out, 
I just want to shout out the guys from the Vipers Pit. Dave Cabal put me onto you guys. It is wonderful to see a new G.I. Joe podcast in the ranks. Wolfgang, Ooh. love you guy. Thank you for the artwork. Like, <laughs> it's, it's extremely rewarding to see something like that. Like, immortalizing us in your signature style. The members of G.I. Joburg, like, it's very touching. It's a lovely, lovely personal touch. And wonderful hearing you guys talk glowingly about, you know, the silly little things that we do. Like, you know, taking the toys out into the real world. Um, look, I've always been kind of smug about my hometown. And I'm going to show it off as much as possible, as well as I possibly can. Uh, Cape Town is an eco-tourist destination. It is... Um, host to one of the seven natural wonders of the world. It is it, immaculately beautiful, and I will <laughs> show off as much as I possibly can. So yeah, expect plenty more where I come from. And in fact, oh, he our, means our Table first, Mountain. Our first, yeah, 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 yeah shut up. Um, <laughs> our first video of of 2018 was was the Barracuda, which uh, you know threw some some fun lights on an absolutely unloved vehicle, but like it was also the perfect vehicle to capture with my new GoPro, like. Playing underwater is, once again, one of the best thrills you can have with your Joe toys, your aquatic toys. Love it, love it, love it. But we are five minutes away from launching that oh-so-sweet uh, part one. <laughs> if I do yeah, and myself. thanks so everyone gonna... for joining us for like, Waxing Miracle for two and a half hours about 2018. <laughs> uh, and I, I hope you all made it to the end. And yeah, join us in 2019 for more awesome times and enjoy Blazing Sands part one. Because we are... Oh yeah, what's the comment coming? No, we are Joe Berg. <laughs> cool. Later, cool. dudes. Later. Just, just, boom, Good. 2019, here we come. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs>